Hey, when does the show start? Okay, okay. One, two, three, four. It's time for four hours of intellectually immature nonsense. What's this monkey business going on today? This is The Bailey Show. Okay, let's do this. The BS. Let's go, you dumb idiots. Which Bailey? I, I say I'm an idiot all the time if I screw up. Nikki D. She's Nikki D. She's an influencer. Hey. <laughs> Nelson. Classic Nelson. This show from the pressure was on. Son of The Bailey Show. All right, here it is, Wednesday, the second day of August, 2023. Good morning. Thanks for being here. It's the BS. My name's Jason Bailey. Right there, that is Nikki D. That is me. There's Nelson. Good morning. And your phone number, 916-909-0985. You can use that number to get in on the text machine as well. Uh, the Odyssey app and thebaileyshow.com, two of the places where you can get our podcast, which we hope you do. Also, stream us anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And just about anywhere on social media at Listen to the BS and on YouTube at The Bailey Show. If you'd like to subscribe to our channel there, that is, of course, free of charge. Uh, and a little bit later on, the full length conversation, and which you will hear later on in the show this morning, uh, the end of the eight o'clock hour, uh, with Zoltan Bathory. And many of you might not know who Zoltan Bathory is unless you're a diehard Five Finger Death Punch fan. Uh, but he's the one of the founding members and the guitarist for the band. Way cool dude. Uh, like things that sh- you have no idea some of these guys do, uh, he does. Uh, but more importantly, like not we got him on the show, not really to talk about the tour with Metallica that's coming up, which is huge, and Five Finger Death Punch, uh, Punch, which by the way is one of the biggest metal bands in the last twenty years. But he's in the new Call of Duty, which is out today. He's a playable character. It's a new season. A lot of people downloaded it last night, waiting to get in and play. I wonder how many people are taking the day off to get in and play Zoltan's character. I That's would... what people do? Yeah. Do what? Like, Take the day off to play a video game? For new, for season one? Yeah. For I mean, wow. not season one. It's season five, I think, now. But, yeah, they... I, I would love... I mean, I, I can talk the video game, right? Because I played the video game. <laughs> but I played the video game a very long time ago. Oh, it's way different now. It's, yeah. I, I watched the trailer for this damn thing... It's better than some of these movies that are out in theaters. You're not lying. It is absolutely amazing, and it's cool, all these different playable characters. And I had to tap into my kid. You know, I reached out to Caleb, and I was like, hey, I'm having Zoltan Bathory on. Uh, you know, tell me about this Call of Duty, this new Call of Duty. He so knew he, everything about it, didn't he? Yeah, he's just rattling <laughs> it off. So, look, I, I waved the white flag many, many years ago on Call of Duty. That was, like, the go-to game. I enjoyed playing it by myself. Mm. And sitting there and doing the guns and the shooting and the snipers and the different scenes and, you know, trying to get through this and trying to get through that. I really enjoyed it. I really, really did. They lost me when everything started to go online. I mean, this is how long ago this has been. You start being able to play with other people. And and I was like, all right, that's cool, man. So a buddy of mine uh, who owned a bar and I was at his bar earlier that night, he was like, all right, dude, go home. I'm going to go home. And we'll get online. He's like, you got everything? I said, yeah, I got everything. I went and bought the cheapest stuff you could possibly find to get online. <laughs> like the headphone, a, a, a little microphone, everything. And so, you know, we'd been drinking. And, or I'd be, so I'm at home by myself. And I'm drinking. I get on there and I you know, get my spitter, get my can of dip, and I'm ready to rock and roll. And we get on there and I'm being yelled at by a nine-year-old called the N-word. Yes. 
<laughs> by a white nine-year-old. It's intense. Yeah, it was a little Japanese kid or Chinese oh, kid. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I was, and then every from left, to right, everywhere, people, kids are coming out. It was like you were being attacked by a rabbit romper room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, With guns. like kids with rabies. Yeah. Like kids with curse rabies. Like they, they were all yelling and cursing. Yeah, they were all yelling and cursing, and it was the 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 cur- Like I don't mind cursing, you know, and as long as it's done properly. Mm-hmm. But these kids online, at least my experience, that one time, and it was only one time, and then I was out, was that they were trying too hard to curse because they know they're not supposed to be cursing. Right. Yeah. It's it's the wild wild west where they're like, oh, mom's not around, so I can go on here. And I can say all these things out of context. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't even make sense. <laughs> right. And they're linking swear words together that don't go together. And... Right, 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 right. Yeah. So. so they're still doing that now, Nelson, is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a, there's No one polices it. You can't, I guess. It's You get less of it now because they've incentivized you to be on, like, team chat. So you're doing a lot less random encounters. Like, With people. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's, it was not fun. I hear you. I've I've seen some of those video games. I have friends that play, and they do look very realistic. The last one I got sucked into playing, and this was last year because I had some time on my hands, and it's this game that walks you through, like, your real life, and you get to make choices and decisions, which then affect the outcome of the game. I did get caught up in that game for, like, I don't know, two weeks. What was it on? What did you play it on? I played it on PlayStation. Oh. Yeah. You know what you're talking about, Nelson? Uh, it sounds like The Sims, but I That's think... That's what I was going to say. You yeah. know, it's not The Sims. This was an actual game. Like, it looks like how the Call of Duties, where it looks realistically. Okay. And I went through a... The first story that I went through, a girl kind of um, started off committing suicide. And you have to go Jesus. backwards... Right, to to make different decisions to come to a, another outcome at the end. That sounds like a fun game. It was a starting fun game, believe little... it or not. <laughs> like, I had to save a city and everything. Starting out with, oh, save the city, save the life. But if you don't, God, you must feel horrible when that game is over. It's intense. Like, if you lose and the girl dies. It's right. emotional, I will tell you that. There was, uh, so I tried real hard during the, what I would say, the next video game boom, which, you know, was probably, like, late 2000s, you know, like 2007, sure. seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that that'd be as like the 360 and everything was picking up and the rock band three. guitar hero. Yeah, that PlayStation Three era. So, so you know, as a 48 year old Gen Xer, I like to consider myself part of the pioneer generation of video games because we had, you know, we were just coming out of Atari, ColecoVision, mm-hmm. you know, Sega started to rear its ugly head, Nintendo 64, and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So. That was us. We played the video games. We were, you know, it was two-player games, player one games. You were you were only a nerd with no friends if you were doing player one games. You were playing Zelda and stuff like that. Then, as I got older and into college, it was all sports games. It was Tecmo Bowl. It was Madden after that. Mm-hmm. And you'd play with your boys. You'd bet and all that kind of good stuff. And that was in college in the 90s. And then there was this drop-off where I just didn't play video games. And then you just saw the industry, boom, multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, I mean, like bands, artists need the video game oh, world sure. yeah. because they launch artists. I mean, it's such a big deal. I mean, they consider it a sport now where ESPN or the Ocho shows these kids playing against mm-hmm. each other. They're on teams where major celebrities and athletes put their own money into these teams yeah, because there's money to be made. It's a business decision. Anyway, so when I try to get back into it, Mm-hmm. I was like forcing myself. I was like, this is the thing, man. You got to do it. Everybody's talking. All your friends, everybody's talking about it. You're missing out on the water cooler. 
So you, Bailey, got to get into the video game. So I went out there. I bought the whole setup. Like, I make the decision. Xbox, PlayStation. I'm going to Xbox, okay? So I make the decision. I get everything. I'm buying all the games. I'm buying all the stuff. And I sit down. And I went out. Had, I was like, you know what? I'm not going out tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to video game by myself. I'm going to go get me some dinner and get me a, tw- you know, a, a 12-pack. I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to enjoy myself. I just can't see you doing this. Can't either. <laughs> I was literally Nikki D forcing myself to do this. I know you are. You are not a video gamer. <laughs> so I sit down, I'm drinking my beers, I'm eating, eating my food, and I start playing this game that somebody told me to buy. And I cannot, for the life of me, ever remember the name of the game. It was a scary game. And what are you doing? <laughs> you walk around and you kill zombies or something. That'll be a Resident Evil then. I don't think that was it. It's either that or Silent Hill. I don't think that was it. Are you on a beach? No, I was. Um, was it dead before daylight? I was just saying that's not. No, he'd be in like uh, it'd be like Dead Island, or it would be. Um, uh, well, whatever. I'm playing this game. Okay. I couldn't get through it. I I got scared. It's <laughs> it literally. Well, you definitely won't be able to play them now. They're way game. scarier than they used to be. It scared the bejesus out of me. I'm like in a cemetery, and the music, and for some reason, my lights off, and I'm playing. Uh-huh. I'm drinking. I'm. I gotta stop. So right. I stopped, and then it was like too late to go out. So what did you end up doing with your stuff? Because I know you didn't keep playing video games. Did you sell it? Did you give it away? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so after that, I met Rage, and then we had the kids, or she had the kids, and they inherited, I don't think they had what I had. Oh, okay. Ooh. So they, they gave in, it to Caleb. They in, yeah, they inherited what I had. And then I think over time, as new stuff came out, stuff came out Caleb would come to me and say, hey, do you mind if we trade this in? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care, you know. So all my stuff got traded. It was like, I don't I, like. I I have two Ataris, twenty six hundred. So I still have them with a bunch awesome. of games because I think that's nostalgia. Uh-huh. Right? Yes. That's nostalgic. I don't know if the Xbox, or the PlayStation, and stuff like that. It, I mean, I could be. I'm probably wrong because like the iPhone still sells. You know, it like still does. got a box. So I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't see any value of keeping that kind of stuff around. Life is strange. That's the name of the uh, game I played. Life is strange. Life is strange. And they have parts. So you finish season one, then you can buy the second season. You know what she's talking about, Nelson? I've heard the title before, but it's that's kind of a chick game. Why? <laughs> Just because, like, women are into life simulator games. Yes. I really? Like, yes. I didn't, I didn't know there was a stereotype for There something. is, and, it, and it's that. <laughs> it started with The Sims, and then it branched from there. But women are into those immersive stories where you make little choices, and you, like... Buy like stuff for happens. your apartment. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, really, I love the Sims. I really like the games where I'm in charge because in real life, <laughs> these, these men really just take advantage uh-huh. of us. Don't worry about us. We're going online. Mm-hmm. We're going to play Life is Strange. We're going to play video games because that's where we can drive and vote. Uh-huh. We don't have to cook for anybody. <laughs> We're in charge of our own destinies. We actually are. And they end up cooking for their fake characters online. So it's like, I just gave birth to a digital baby. Uh-huh. And you have to keep it alive because it can die or social services can come and take it away. Well, that's what I mean. That's I, I, real life. I was yeah. I was joking. You really give birth to a baby? On the yeah, on the Sims, yeah. Yeah. And you social now, services um, will come. are pregnant in stages and everything. Is there, a che- is there a cheat code to make it grow faster? Probably like, so. I don't use the cheat codes. I like it to go at its normal rate. Left, left, right, right, A, B, B, A, 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 B, B. The kid's 18. Boom. <laughs> I won. That was a fun game. Now let's go to play some Contra <laughs> by Konami.
<laughs> Warner Brothers has to make a big, or did make a big apology uh, regarding the Barbie movie and the Oppenheimer movie. We'll tell you what that's all about here in a minute. Hang on. I swear, man, I'm losing my mind the older I get. Why? Because usually I, I'm like pretty good remembering things. Mm-hmm. My short-term memory is going. Mark this day, because like probably like in a couple months, I'm gonna come back and we'd be in the hospital. You guys are gonna be like, remember that day Jason was talking about losing his mind? You're not gonna be in the hospital, that but there'll be day. like something that'll come up that I I, I want to bring up or I want to discuss on the program. And usually I'll take notes. You know, the older you get, the more notes that you have to take. Thank God we have phones to do that. I'm forgetting to even put them in my phone. Oh, dang. And usually I'll do it right at that time. Yeah, because you are very organized like that. But I, like we're just coming out of break, and I'm going, oh, my God. Uh, I forgot that happened last night. I got to put it in my notes. But oh. I didn't remember last night. But it comes back to me like hours later. That happens to me, too. Sometimes oh. I'll pick up my phone to do something and forget what I picked it up to do. And I have <laughs> yeah. to wait. And it'll come back. Isn't that frustrating? <laughs> it'll come back. Get, like, look, squirrel. I'll be on my computer doing something. And you know, my wife will come in and she'll ask me a question. And I'll turn back around on my computer and go, what was I just doing? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be scary, a, though. I will tell you that. I agree with that. There's got to be a pill for that. You know? <laughs> it's not. If not, somebody make a pill. All right, Warner Brothers is apologizing for uh, what they're saying are insensitive uh, memes. These are fan-made, by the way. These are not Warner Brothers memes being thrown out there. So how is it their fault? That's, well, give me a sec, because I don't know. That was my question. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I guess they're apologizing for these memes with both Barbie and Oppenheimer, the Barbie... What is it? Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer, mm-hmm. where it shows a picture of Margot Robbie as Barbie, and then, uh, was it Cillian Murphy as- Killian. Killian? Is that how you pronounce it's it? Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer with, with an explosion in the back, the atomic bomb in the back. And they're like, well, that's angered a lot of people because they're, you know, these memes are looking like they're celebrating the destruction of Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945. Mm-hmm. Um and that's insensitive. And either, believe it or not, there's a Japanese division of Warner Brothers, and they had to release a statement. We apologize to those who felt uncomfortable because of those inconsiderable reactions. And then in the story, it follows it up with, there has not been a release date set for the Oppenheimer film in Japan. I don't know if you release it in Japan. I don't know how well it's going to go over. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it will. No, I, I just... But, you know, who knows? Uh, I mean, we are fascinated with horrible things that have happened in this country and there's films being made about it pearl harbor you know i mean every september 11th or i'm sorry every september 9th through the 15th we sit through you know documentaries program films, after program everything. after you know the same ones over and over again having to relive that day mm-hmm. uh and maybe for those because now look you know 9 11 that's the worst thing that could have possibly happened to us in this country so mm-hmm. far right uh, as far as an attack on on our soil, yes, right, uh, right after Pearl, you know, that first Pearl Harbor second, sure, but we lived it. But for a new generation, I mean, my son was born, no, my daughter was born, oh, no, no, my son was born in two thousand one, was he? Well, that make him twenty two. Yeah, he's twenty two. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, he was. So he didn't live it like we lived it. Mm-hmm. I was on the air that day, you know, so I lived it. I watched it. You know, I went through it. I was producing. I blah 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 blah. blah. 
So maybe for those that didn't live it, they can watch that kind of stuff and they look at it as history and, wow, wow, that happened. Jeez, that's crazy. Right. I think they even teach it in schools as history. Right. Well, and rightfully so. They should. Mm-hmm. But for those of us that lived it, we don't want to go through it again. Mm-hmm. There are still people that lived through Hiroshima and lived through Nagasaki. Right. It's yeah. probably at the tail end of that. But Yeah. A, a buddy of mine posted, you know, he just found out his grandmother was uh, it lived through Hiroshima. Wow. And so I could see how that would bother them. So I guess, you know, if I'm Warner Brothers, I'm apologizing. But yeah, it, then you start getting into the joke stuff. You know, the Internet is the wild, wild west, right? Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. control, for the most part, what people are saying. No, you don't have free speech on the Internet, uh, depending on where you post. Right. Right. These are private entities, Facebook, Twitter. All these different companies are owned by somebody. They make the rules. It is not the Wild West just because it's on the Internet. A lot of people don't understand what free speech is anyway. It's just freedom from persecution. It's like going into a store and feeling like you can say and do anything in the store because the store is in America. Right. No, it's still a store and it's owned by somebody. Still got to follow rules, regulations. Mm-hmm. Still got to follow rules and regulations there. That's why rules are in place and we're supposed to be a civilized uh, civilization. So anyway... Uh, you know, you get into the kind of the joke conversation of what goes and what doesn't go. Do, would you th- would you say that we are getting, you know, you look at the past, let's just say six to ten years, okay, very sensitive. The term snowflake comes about, overused, still overused, uh, because I got to let you know, everybody has the snowflake in them. I don't care who you are, but mm-hmm. you got it in them. Just depends on what button somebody pushes. Mm-hmm. Right. Are we getting better of becoming not so sensitive to jokes? No, people are still up in arms about any joke that they feel is offensive to them. And now people are offended by everything. So you can't even sometimes now enjoy comedy because even the comics are being told, oh, you can't say this or you can't joke about that. So, no, I don't think it's gotten better. I don't know. I it, It's still bad. But I actually think it's gotten better. I, I think people have loosened up a little bit. Well, I think that the the older side of society is where a lot of the vitriol is coming from because so much of the younger society, side of society has grown up with this unfiltered access to the Internet, which has desensitized a lot of people. Oh, now that I would disagree with you on. Uh, well, I um, half disagree with you. Okay. Okay. Uh, the older generation, the boomers. Uh-huh. Yes, very yes. sensitive. Be- I mean specifically the boomers, yeah. Because of their upbringing. But just as bad, if not worse, in my opinion, is the younger generation. And it's not because they get offended. It's because they force themselves to be offended because they know that they can do something about it. Yeah, they want to have hmm. a cause to be a part of or fight right. or something like that. If you've never seen the movie from the, uh, I believe, early 90s called PCU. Love it. It was one of Jeremy Piven's, uh, I believe, first movies. Mm-hmm. It is what we are living today. It is oh such God. a visionary movie. It's a comedy. It's You're a goof right. movie. It's, it's, a, it's like an indie B movie for the most part. Yeah. But it is... So true wow. to today. Like everything about it is what we're living today. Um, and the, the you know, with the younger generation, they they need to be accepted by someone, by something. Yes. And that's why they jump on this bandwagon. Like I really believe it's a vocal minority. Everybody gets all up in arms mm-hmm. about stuff. It's a vocal minority. That's all it is. As long as you just don't care, you know, what they think. And if something offends you, like it, it, again, is it affecting your paycheck? Is it taking food off the plate of your kid? You know, if mm-hmm. it's not, then who cares? 
Right? I don't think that's how people view it that are offended by whatever it is they're offended by. It's just a cause they see me like right now there's a, a a battle that's that's waging and I've stayed silent about it because to me there are things about it that offend me, but I think how you just said like is it worth it for me to even impart my two cent because to me it's kind of silly and it's it's a a battle that's going on right now publicly with women, regular women and trans women. Uh, about the word sis and and all i see all day long on my social media is people arguing back and forth arguing back and forth arguing back and forth people are going and doing interviews and i'm just like why are we arguing about this like what is what is cis mean so it's a new term that they give natural born women instead of just saying we're women they now call us cis women who is they calling you trans women call us cis women like sissy or like sister? C-I-C. Cisgender is what yeah, it's short for. Cisgender or whatever. I mean, oh. C-I-S, sorry. But cisgender, but cis women. You are cis as well. Like, I am cis, you are cis, she is cis. It's just someone okay. whose gender identity <laughs> corresponds to your sex assigned at birth. You were born male. You identify as a man. You are cisgender. Okay, so do I need to wear a name tag or what? what I don't I do? know. It's just it's one of those things that I just see it is just brewing and brewing and it's back and forth and this celebrity's fighting with this celebrity and. But it, you're not being called that in, to your face. Oh no 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 no! Not to my oh, face. So oh, just bother. online. Just okay. So it just shouldn't bother. So it's just one of those. But I'm just giving you that's an example of something that is I just see brewing and yep. it's going to be a deal. Again, remember this is probably something one person came up with. And then the vocal minority grabbed a hold of it, mm-hmm. and then they ran with it because they see the reaction from people like you. I, you know what? I love watching people sweat, so I'm, I'd probably do the same thing. You know, I was like, "Wow, that's the reaction," and that's what people do—they get the reaction. But you know, we have to understand to look at the big picture, right? The big picture. What is the big picture? It's like, take the Jason Aldean song, right? Mm-hmm. The, the small town song. All right, it's the first time ever. That three country artists have held the top three spots in the Billboard 100. Oh, I saw that the other Do day. Do you really think that Jason Aldean cares what you think about his song? Sure he doesn't. doesn't. And, and rightfully <laughs> so. You know, use it, brother. Use it, use it, use it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that song. Uh, if anything, you should kind of praise it and go, okay, this, whatever. I'm not, this isn't about the song. You have other songs out there that are like, if you want to look at offensive. Hmm. Nelson sent me one last night about this woman talking about if she has a margarita, you can put it in certain orifices <laughs> in her body. It's and I'm going viral. Everybody's redoing that, that video. And I'm going, this is the dumbest <laughs> song that I've ever heard in my entire life of America. And you're offended by a guy being patriotic about wanting to defend his hometown. But yep. this woman's like, hey, get me drunk off of tequila. Mm-hmm. And you can put it anywhere you want. Yeah, depending on how many margaritas you give her. In, in, a, in a Me Too world, uh-huh. right? And nobody says anything right. about this. <laughs> I love that song. I do too. Cindy Crawford's in a music video for it. No. Yes. But you like the song because it's goofy, it's got a good beat. It's yeah, funny. it's funny. So that's, you know, that's the thing is that if you take non-serious, open carrot over serious, mm-hmm. that's... That's that's the rub. I got stuck in my head. People won't get upset if it's goofy, right? Mm-hmm. And they won't get offended by it. But I got to, that's the dumbest song. It is so fun. So catchy though. And it's so many remixes. You can do a margarita anywhere. No, I can't, I was like I, I was almost going to drive over to Nelson's house. I was saying punch him. Why did you send me this? I thought immediately you would mix a margarita up for your wife. She's a tequila fan. 
No, I, I don't want her hearing that song. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want that song anywhere near my house. That might become her whole identity. <laughs> she's going to play it while she's mixing up her drinks. Uh-huh. She <laughs> plays that, we divorce. Mm-mm-mm. You and divorce No her. way, are you kidding? <laughs> you and divorce her. Because no. it's, it's, it has nothing, it's a dumb song. But it's on. It's a dumb song. It's very popular right now. It's on. I don't People care what I don't care what's popular. <laughs> because <laughs> what is popular is usually with dim-witted individuals <laughs> that, are, that are looking for something to latch on to because they got nothing else in life. That's what makes popular. I thought you were Gen X. Huh? I said I thought you were Gen X. Sounded very boomer he right now. He sounds very boomer. Sounded very boomer right now. I don't care what's popular. <laughs> Well, one and another thing. Well, two now. <laughs> Don't even attempt to rip off my gimmick because neither one of you can pull it off. <laughs> and that is just—I mean, that's 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 no. Gen X is not is going against the grain. Is you don't go you don't go with with. I know, but you're slowly starting to bleed into what the boomers are thinking, and I don't like that for you. Well, again, I don't care what you like. <laughs> I thought I made that very clear about four minutes ago. <laughs> and maybe the boomers got something. Oh, no. You don't care what no, you like, and no. you don't care what's popular. Maybe maybe they were on to something. Maybe we should listen to our elders. What did Batman say? You either die the hero or you end up living long enough to become the villain? There you go. I'll take that. I don't mind being the heel. I like being the heel. I was the heel for the last nine years of my life. Had to. All right, uh, first round of headlines. Oh, at the at the top of this, after we do headlines, stick around because I'm going to need your help. If you've ever heard of the Madonna della Pita, formerly known as the La Pita, I believe that's how you say it. Yeah. Okay. Like if one, even one person knows what I'm talking about and feels smart because I just said that and you know what it is, <laughs> you're going to have to stick around for this because this is that meets possible ghost. Okay. Ooh. All right, first round of headlines. What do you got? I'm going to tell you how California could make lottery history and why a TikTok challenge got a news anchor injured. All right, get you all that here in just a minute. Hey. Stand by for news. News, 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 news. It's time for today's top two. Headlines. Read all about it, baby. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Headlines. And a big thanks to Good Guys Heating and Air. If you're looking for the best service, best price, that is guaranteed. Yeah. Good guys, heating and air. 530 good good air. 530 good G U D. No. I like how good. you say that. No, it's Nikki D. Good. Good. Got to get the O's in there. There's 18 O's. <laughs> you got to get them in there. Very long phone number. No, seriously, it's 530 good air. Normal good. G O O D. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> What's better than one California billionaire? Two, of course. H1. The Mega Millions jackpot up to $1.05 billion. This comes just six days after someone won a Powerball jackpot for nearly the same amount. Well, that number has increased now to $1.25 billion because nobody won the drawing last night. But California could make history still because we just had a billionaire winner a couple weeks ago. And if somebody hits the numbers and they're in California, we will have had two people win a billion dollars within a 30-day period. Wow, That's pretty neat. Spoiler alert. Why is that spoiler alert? Nobody won. Like, I still got tickets to check. That's not a spoiler alert. That is public knowledge. Seven yeah. people won a million dollars. But I pur- you could be that. I purposely didn't look. That's how I know you can't win. Why? Because you're not pathetic enough. 
No, here's the here's the deal. So I did not put that. You know what I mean? Like you were checking that last night if you were that bad. So so last night after dinner, I said to my wife, I said, "Right, you know, let's go win the lottery." Mm -hmm. So okay, so we go up to Safeway, and as we were going out, my neighbor GI Don, right, Mm -hmm. he's outside, eighty one years old, great dude, and uh, you know, hey Jace, how you doing? You know, only three people in my life call me, or four people call me Jace, in my life. My grandmother was the goat, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then my mother, and then my wife, just out of nowhere, started calling me Jace. That's how I knew it was real. Mm-hmm. And and GI Don calls me Jace. Which he is, just did it on his own. Just did it on his own. So I said, "Hey, uh, hey, Don, hey, Don, we're going up to the the grocery store. Do you need anything?" He says, "No, nah, I got to go up there and buy, buy a bunch of stuff." I said, "Okay." I said, "Well, we're going up there really just to buy lottery tickets. Damn thing's a billion dollars. I don't need a billion dollars. You know, hold on. Let me go. Hold on. Let me get some cash." So he goes inside, he comes out, and he's got $20, gives me $20, which will buy me 10 tickets, or buy him 10 tickets. And he says, yeah, I tell you what, Jace, uh, when I win, I'm going to split it with you. Wow. And at the, the phone. Can I get that on? And, and, at that, and at that moment, I was like, he's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to win. Yep. And I believe him that he would give me half. We're going to win. <laughs> because you, be you, yeah, because you can't win the lottery unless you have a story. Mm-hmm. And right, you know, you say you're uh, something pathetic. Yep. But it has to be a story, just a story. It doesn't have to be a pathetic story, but it just sure. has to be a story. You have to have an organic, natural story. That well, unfolds. you have to be older, and he's eighty something years old. Right. He checked off right. all the boxes of winning the lottery. <laughs> right. One or the other. You know, he's old. Mm-hmm. He's got really everything that he needs in life. Uh, and uh, he just uh, did a good deed. You know, he offered uh, you know the younger guy some cash. Oh, he did. Well, so I just and told, he saved yeah, a bird. Oh I just God. told you that he offered me half. What do you mean he did? Are you I'm saying he did. Ball? Like, yeah, he did. Not like he did as in a question. So I checked my tickets that I bought. And I got a couple numbers. I will say this: the first time I played the California lottery since moving here, uh, I got a little bit of a gripe. So the tickets here for the California lottery, uh-huh. the numbers, the lines. Way too close together. Very <laughs> difficult to circle your numbers. Oh, you pick your own numbers. Oh. I just get quick picks. No, 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 no. Listen to me. You're not focused. You get the tickets. You check your numbers. And then as you're checking the numbers, you circle the numbers. Oh. Oh, I don't do that. Well, how do you know which numbers you have? Well, first of all, they have a thing where you can just scan it. So you just take this ticket and oh, scan it. Oh, I'm not it, doing that. And it'll just tell you if you no want No way. What if you're the billionaire and then you get mugged? That's like going to Sky River Casino and playing blind everything. Uh-huh. It's not fun. you got to find the game in the game. Or have you seen the people that play scratchers and all they do is just scratch the bottom off and give the code back? They don't even scratch any of it. So there's a game. That's what I was just going to say. The scratchers game within a game. Mm-hmm. You know, you scratch. Well, at least I do. I scratch the numbers. What yep. numbers do I need? Then I go through and just scratch the numbers. Yes, not the prize. Not the prize. Thank you. And then, you know, you see, oh, look, I won. You know, you know you're just going to win a ticket. But, right. It's always that. And but, then you want the anticipation of scratching again. And then you just do a little scratch. Yes. Let's just sit down and scratch it all off. Oh. I mean, and what you, is the anticipation You leave the for? ticket. You do a little scratch. You come uh-huh. back an hour later. And for sure, you don't. If you got one, maybe sometimes you're going to get multiple wins. You don't scratch any of the dollar amounts until you've had the whole game worth of of matching or not matching done. Then you scratch I have it again. had this in my purse for I don't know how long since Nelson gave it to me. He won, I think, ten dollars, and I keep forgetting to go get more tickets. 
So maybe I might win something if I finally go cash that thing in since I've had it for months. Well, How since, long? It's only good for like 90 days, right? To cash is it? Man? Yeah. No. Since you haven't done anything with it, let me hold on to this. <laughs> no, you give that back. Mm-hmm. It's mine. I'll get, I'll, I'll get, I'll win a something. <laughs> you got, I'll you, win a something. You put this in my bag. You do the next story. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> when, if ever, our TikTok challenge is going to end? H2. It was a frightening, disturbing event that apparently was incited by this TikTok challenge. A popular morning traffic anchor, Philadelphia Foxes 29, his name's Bob Kelly. He was out this weekend covering an event in Jersey Shore, and this guy comes up to him and pours a beer on his head and while he's filming it. Apparently there's some new TikTok challenge where you film yourself just pouring beer on random people's heads that you don't know. Of course, if somebody comes up to you and pour a beer on you, you're going to push them away from you or hit them or something. I don't know. The anchor pushes the guy like away from him and then he punches him. So when he came on the news to kind of give an update. The anchor punched the guy. No, the guy punched the anchor in his eye. The guy. Okay, gotcha. The guy who was pouring a beer on his head. And uh, he came on TV Monday to talk about it. And you can still see his eye visibly swollen. He couldn't say much because it's a legal thing that's going on. But he just basically said the guy came up to him, poured the beer on his head. And when he pushed him, like, you know, away from him, the guy punched him. So there should be maybe I'll start a new challenge. It's not online. It's not on TikTok. It's not on any social media. (laughs) But if anybody just pours a beer in your head, you just take a baseball bat to their kneecaps. And you don't have to film it. You can just brag about it to your, <laughs> your friends, to your intermediate it's family. ridiculous. And it's a challenge that I'm going to put out there to anybody that has somebody do a TikTok challenge to you, make them never walk again. Mm-hmm. So that's the challenge. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I mean, that's absurd. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. It's like these challenges are getting more and more ridiculous. And now they're starting to get dangerous oh, in the... Fault. Absolutely, but it's now getting dangerous where before they were having you do things where you're going to harm yourself. Yes. Now they're having you do things where you're going up and harming people you don't even know. What was the one with the uh, steal a Kia and drive it and then all these people start dying? Uh-huh. Because they, I mean, that's that's the definition of dying stupid. You go on to a social media app, mm-hmm. right, that, you know, in 20 years no one's going to remember. <laughs> they're going to forget about. They're going to be on to the next big, the latest and greatest. And you die because someone you don't know, probably a bot from Russia, told you to steal a car and drive fast from the cops and mm-hmm. run into a telephone pole. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense at all. And your family sits behind and then has to explain to everybody. That's another thing you got to take into consideration is if you care about your family, they have to explain how stupid their son or daughter was <laughs> because they believed somebody on an app to go and do something even dumber when they knew deep down inside it was really just stupid. I one time was keeping my friend's daughter and her and my daughter were playing and they got really, really quiet. So I knew they were doing something. They didn't have any business. So I get up to go look and see what they're doing. And they're in my daughter's bathroom. And as I walk in, my daughter has this pitcher and she's pouring water on my friend's daughter's face and she's laying on the floor in my bathroom. I go berserk on them. And the first thing I ask them is, what are y'all doing? We're doing the TikTok water challenge. Are you crazy? How am I going to explain to this mother that your kid died at my house (laughs) because my daughter poured water in her face and drowned her on my bathroom floor? Did you explain to her it's actually called waterboarding? Right. No. Okay. I didn't. Like, it was so bad, I think at one time we thought it was too bad for terrorists. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you guys can't do this to terrorists anymore. No, I just had to simply explain to them, don't do any of these stupid challenges that you're seeing online. You can actually die. Yeah, when when something's too bad for the worst people in the world, Mm -hmm. 
you know you should probably not mimic it off of TikTok. Oh, Casual war crimes in your bathroom. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, we were just making mustard gas. I almost died when I saw them doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing the bamboo under the fingernails challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Vietnam 999 told us to do it. Ridiculous. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. <laughs> we done the leech challenge yet? <laughs> oh, no. No. All right. Uh, the Madonna della Pieta. I think I'm saying that correct. It feels right. Doesn't it just feel it? Yes. <laughs> Pieta. Pieta. Formerly known as the La Pieta. It is a statue, the original Done by Michael Michelangelo. Now that doesn't feel Michelangelo. as right. Michelangelo, I think, is the what you were going Michel, for. Yeah, yeah Michel. M- Michel. Michel. Michelangelo. <laughs> I think you're thinking of the Teenage Mutant Ninja. No, sort of it's thing. just Michelangelo. Mike, for short. <laughs> Mike, right? Mike, Mike Angie. <laughs> Mike, Mikey Ange. Yeah. So I didn't know you guys were that tight. My bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are. Anyway, uh, that uh, statue, not the real one, <clears throat> but a. Um, Replica? Yeah. That I own, that's been in my family for a very long time, plays a very big role, I think, in this story. My, and this is only, you know, some of you are think I'm crazy, but I'm a believer that, you know, those that pass and where they, they can come back and they'll visit you. You have, you know, uh, guardian angels and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Absolutely. My grandmother was my rock. She uh, was my everything. She passed away in 99, but I still think that, you know, she talks to me and all that kind of stuff. I know, crazy Jason. But- I believe I got a message from her the other day, and it has something to do with this La Pieta that sat in her living room her entire life. Then that message is deep. That I now own. But there's other things involved, too. Okay. So I'll tell you that story here in a minute. Hang on. Yeah. Thanks for being here. It's the BS. My name's Jason Bailey. Good morning. There's Nikki D. There is Nelson. Your phone number, 916-909-0985. You give us a follow, a like, or share on the social media at Listen to the BS. Also on uh, YouTube, if you want to subscribe to our channel at The Bailey Show. That's free, by the way. <laughs> uh, Zach uh, Zachary Zoltan Bathory, uh, the guitarist and founder, one of the founders of uh, Five Finger Death Punch, uh, will uh, play that uh, conversation for you a little bit later on, around eight fifty. He's going to be in the new Call of Duty, which is out today, but. What a great dude. What a great conversation. So I hope you enjoy that. Greta Van Fleet tickets uh, we'll have for you here at the uh, end of the 7 o'clock hour with uh, You Don't Know Jeff. So five-time World Jeopardy heavyweight champion of the world, uh, Jeopardy Jeff, will join us. And Nikki D will try to take him out. But an opportunity for you to get those passes for Greta Van Fleet. Um, the Again, I, sh- I might be butchering the name, but Pieta, 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 Pieta uh, the Madonna della... Piata, uh, informally known as the La Piata. So it's a it's a sculpture of Jesus Christ and the Virgin Mary at Mount Golfka? Gol- Golgotha? Yeah, I think you said that right. I don't think so. Golgotha, I believe. All right. And it's representing the sixth sorrow. Okay. It's when he had just been taken down off the cross and given to her. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, right, exactly, right. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's the thing. And I mean, probably many of you have seen the the statue. I mean, the original statue, um, it's worth a gazillion dollars, and I believe it's at the Vatican. And it came over to the United States once and whatnot. But the, there's replicas, and my grandmother 
who was my rock, was my everything uh, growing up. And she passed away in 1999. And, you know, whether I got closure from anything yet, I have no idea all these years later. But um, I have a lot of her things. Like, I've moved all over the place still with her kitchen, uh, her dining room set Mm -hmm. and her curio cabinet and all that stuff. Like, apartments and fraternity houses. (laughs) I mean, I've taken (laughs) it because I didn't want it to be thrown away. I just couldn't get rid of that kind of stuff. You know, and I remember when she passed... She, uh, before she passed, she said, you know, because she didn't have much. She was not wealthy by no stretch. She goes, what do you want after I leave? And that was a tough conversation to have because I didn't want anything. The only thing I wanted was her not to leave. And that's what I said to her. I said, the only thing I want is for you not to leave. And she said, oh, that's, you know, Jace, that's just life. That's just how it happens. (laughs) And I was like, okay. I said, well, I want your, your brooch. She always wore brooches. Yeah, my grandma too. <laughs> you know, such a grandma thing to <laughs> yes, do, right? Yes. So I, I ended up getting that, but as time went on, I would get different things. You know, now that I've reconnected with my mother, <clears throat> my mother gave me a bunch of things, and this was one of the things that she gave me. She also gave me a box of things that were on her dresser, like her mirror. You know, these little plastic things that she'd keep her her jewelry in. She gave me a lot of her jewelry, her watch. I remember when she gave me her watch. You know, some months ago, I just looked at it and broke down because I was like, oh, my God, I haven't seen that watch in so long. Right. And it still still smells like Graham and Graham's Mm -hmm. apartment. So I believe that, um, you know, we have guardian angels. We have people that were close to us in our lives Mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm not a religious, I don't ever say I'm a religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person. I do believe in God. I believe in the afterlife. Um, I have different thoughts on what happens to us when we die, but that's not the point. But I do believe that there are are these people look after us in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's true or not, that I don't know, but I believe in it, and hope is not a bad thing. So as we move into our house in, in Roseville, <clears throat> we still have stuff in the garage, and we've done a fairly decent job. Well, I put shelving around all the garages because there's like no storage in these houses. And one of the tubs uh, that we put up there, a plastic tub, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's a pretty sturdy plastic tub, too. It's not like a cheap one. It's a, right, it's those a, big blue ones. A, yeah, big blue ones. Uh-huh. Actually, it is big and yep. blue. And we put it up there. My wife put it up there, and it was secure. It's on It's on the thing. It's not, it wasn't leaning off. There's yeah, I have mine like that in my garage, too. <laughs> no reason for it to fall. Well, the other day, we uh, were leaving the house, and we see that... That had that tub had fallen off the shelf, and it had hit another tub that had like one of our kids' stuffed animals in it or something, and then the tub fell and rolled onto the concrete, and like all the contents of the tub came out on the garage floor, uh, and the statue was like stood out the most right because Mm -hmm. it was like I see it and it's it's broken. And I was crushed. Oh, I was crushed. Um, but then I started to think, I'm going, well, maybe it's supposed to be broken. You know, there's no reason for that tub to fall off the shelf. It and ju- the shelf was still intact, sturdy, what? one lean and nothing. Yes, it was sturdy. I put him up in the studs. <laughs> it did not fall down like the television did. I was going to say the TV. I'm just double checking. <laughs> So you think when you say that, so I'm clear about this, you think that it was meant to break then, not like it was already supposed to be broken when you. Well, here are the questions that I have, because when I see I'm going to tell you what what was uh, laying on the garage floor that was broken and what I could see. I I just sent you guys some pictures. Oh, let's see. So the statue was the one that stood out 
And on the statue, what was broken was the Virgin Mary's head had come off into numerous pieces. Jesus's leg was laying on my garage floor, which is unsettling. Her mirror that she used, she had this like little, like, you know, you know, romper room. I see Nikki, I see Nelson mirror kind of uh-huh. thing. And that was shattered. That killed me. And then there were a bunch of pictures of me, younger, and some with her that were scattered and visible. Like those were showing. But the statue was not leaning over. It was still, it was standing in place. Yep, it was upright. So that's it was how, upright. That's how you found it, was standing up like that. Yeah. That's freaky. How those pieces come off. Well, it rolled. Well, I, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Because then that is a mystery. Like, how did the pieces come off, but it I guess in the fall, upright. then it, it, yeah, the, once the, the rumbling was done, it landed upright. I don't I don't know how that would be possible because it's not a it's not a sphere or it's not a, a uh-huh. box or it's not a shape that can roll right I mean it's a it can roll but if it, it you know the the possibility the probability of that thing rolling so many times on concrete uh-huh. from where it fell just doesn't make sense and you wouldn't have just five tiny pieces that were broken off it would be shattered it, it would be destroyed you would think yeah absolutely and if it came down that hard, it would have rolled across the garage. Uh-huh. And you're right. It would have shattered into pieces, I think. So what message do you think she was trying to convey to you? Hence this conversation. I have no idea. So when I'm looking at this picture, and I even hate to say stuff like this, because of, like, the meaning of what this statue is, you know, Jesus with his mother, and then the mother pretty much in this statue now is gone, I know, I don't know if we've told the audience this whole story, but like how you reconnected with your mother and she told you that she was kind of sick and things like that. I think this might be her kind of preparing you to say, you know, your mother might not be here much longer. So be prepared for that. Here's kind of like a heads up. Heads up or heads down or heads off. Heads off, heads up or whatever. That's what I think this means. Really happy it brought this conversation up. Well, thanks, Nikki. Appreciate it. Well, you asked what the meaning could be. When our loved ones come back to tell us things, they either come back to warn us or they come back to prepare us. Those are the two reasons. They don't just come back to be like, hey, glad everything's going well for you down there. Peace out. They give you warning or preparation. Don't you think it's something maybe like, what? Jace, you lost your mind. You lost your head. No, because (laughs) there's nothing wrong with Jesus. Um, You're Jesus. Thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, not literally, but no. I, in this scenario, you're that. Jesus. So <laughs> there's nothing wrong I've, with him. So I don't think she's saying something's wrong with you. And I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Even though I spell it J-A-S-O-N, you're right. Yeah. I, 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 and if anybody else would like to follow me, we're going to meet in a uh, brick and mortar in the shopping plaza and This is a East son Roseville. and his mother. Like, come on, I'm not far off here. Well, Jesus lost his leg. So there's a broken piece of Jesus. Because you're going to be a little bit broken when this occurs. That's what happens. Is that what you that lose your, a piece of yourself. When your mom dies. You're going to lose a piece of yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what if it has nothing to do with the statue? Maybe, what if that was just collateral damage? It was something else. Like the pictures that I showed you. I love the pictures, by the way. Oh, the ones, the, the glamour shots well, of me in high was, school. Yeah, and the the, the uh, class ring. Yeah, that was Rachel's favorite, too. <laughs> I think the pictures are just basically telling you to go back and remember the fond times and the good times that you had with your mom, with your grandma. Like, remember those times. That's what the pictures mean. So she she took a 
tub off the shelf in the garage to remind me to go through pictures. No, she put the pictures out there to remind you to go back to those days and those things and hold on to those memories. You're like a freaking dream book. Or, I'm just telling you. Or maybe it's to see how far you've come. You know what I mean? Maybe no, I don't. That's why I'm asking. Maybe you're supposed to take a look at those pictures and go, well, this is where I was and this is where I am now. I actually was pretty happy in those pictures. I liked where I was at. I know, but you're like, you've really come into your own now. Like, I liked that haircut, that high and tight. <laughs> <laughs> And he liked that jacket. And that oak tree suit? That was sweet. Maybe it was just because we were supposed to share pictures of us as kids together because like I literally just hung this photo of myself up on my in my apartment and that's me with a <laughs> that's me laying down on a mirrored surface with a bass clarinet. That's my senior photo. I also have a class ring on in it. Wow. Bass clarinet picture for your class photo, huh? Uh-huh, yeah. Sweet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what that means because I have no pictures to share with you. None of you don't haven't had a random picture from high school show up recently? Nope. Oh, well. This is about Jason's message. What, what, what about the mirror that uh, broke? Uh, breaking of mirrors are, are always bad luck. So I don't I don't want to give you that. So I don't know what that might mean. Well, just, what is your mom dying? You just gave me bad That's news. That's not bad luck. That's preparation. Preparation <laughs> is what it's called. All right, so you want me to call my mom today and say, hey, heads up. Things don't look good <laughs> no, for you in the next couple of weeks. No, you don't say that. That's just for you to know and have and to spend the time, talk to her as much as you can, get all the things in so that if something happens, you can be like, okay, Graham prepared me. I knew this was coming. Still going to hurt, but. I, I had a heads up. I knew it was coming. Hey, Mom, uh, you know that girl I work with, Nikki? <laughs> I'm just telling you what she told me. Uh, 60 pounds? Why don't you stay inside for a couple weeks? Okay. Drink lots of fluids. <laughs> Eat real healthy. <laughs> okay. The next couple weeks look pretty bad for you. This is Nikki talking. Okay. I'm just telling you. That's what she told me. And I'm worried about you. You know, just... Lock the doors, you know, <laughs> don't go outside. Maybe no low-hanging areas that yeah. you put your head into. Yeah, you know? Definitely don't get near highways. Right. Yeah. I've been visited three times by dead family members, so I'm just telling you, I have a little bit of experience. they tell you anything like this? So the first time was my aunt. She didn't tell me anything. I think she came back to kind of low-key haunt me because I wasn't very nice to her. So very shortly after she died, I was in my grandmother's house alone, and my aunt was missing teeth at the top of her mouth. So she could pop her gum in a way that I've not met anybody in my life that could do it. And so I was in the bathroom being a little kid, reading a magazine, and then she just starts popping her gum, like, so loud to scare me almost to death. The ghost popped their gum. Yep, yep. And I just ran out of the house, and I I lost it. The ghost gum. Yeah, it was gum. And then my grandfather came back to visit my daughter when she was three. And this is a grandfather my daughter never met because he passed when I was a child. And after my grandma passed, my daughter said, I saw grandpa or granddaddy or something, she said. And at that point, there was not anybody that she called grandpa because she didn't even call my dad that. And I'm like, what do you what do you mean you saw grandpa? And she said, grandma brought him. She said, but it made me sad. And I said, why were you sad? And she takes her left hand, puts it over her left eye. And she said, because there was something wrong with he eye. My grandfather didn't have his left eye because he lost it in war. He went to Vietnam or one of the wars, and he lost his eye. So he always wore a patch because he didn't have it. My daughter would not have been able to know that because she never met him. I don't have pictures of him or anything. So So my grandma died, and then she went and got my grandpa and brought him back to see my daughter. Okay, so the first one was the grandmother. It was my great aunt. Great aunt. Uh Uh-huh. 
She had problems with her gums. This she guy's, popped gum. Okay. This guy's no, got no eye. My grandfather did not have Did you grow up eye. in the circus? No, I did not grow <laughs> up in the circus. <laughs> These are just things that occurred that were real. Okay. And the third one, and then after should my I guess the body part? No, my grandmother okay. passed. And, like, literally after I got home from the hospital with them telling me that she died, after I, when I left her, she was fine. Um, I closed my room door, and my entire wall was covered with ladybugs. Like, real ladybugs was in my room. And I stood there for a minute and I just kind of started blinking because I thought I was hallucinating because I was grief stricken or something. And they they stayed there for a good bit of time before they left. And so now every time I'm going through something, if I'm upset, if I'm sad, if I'm just in a real dark place, a ladybug shows up either on my car, just randomly in my house. It it might land on my hand. So these are all things that happen. So Mm -hmm. I, I know it's real. So when you chew gum, you think of your great aunt. Mm-hmm. If I pop it. Yeah, if you eyewitness anything, you think of the other guy. Don't say if I eyewitness it. Don't don't make fun of my grandfather. I'm not making fun. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to see the similarity. You just told me my mother was going to die because the, the Virgin Mary's head was off. So I can't speculate on your stuff, but you can tell me the worst case scenario. You for asked mine. for my opinion on what it could mean. And your opinion was that my, his mom was going to die. I said it's possible. That's horrible. I swear to God, if she does, I'm going to be real upset for you for like two days. How are you going to be mad at me and you're asking me what the statue symbolizes and what it means? Because I was hoping you or somebody would give me something cool like uh, you're going to win the lottery or you're going to be gifted a new car or you're (laughs) going. People only want the good. They don't ever want the real. That's why you can't tell people. That's not the opposite of good. The real, the good. The people only want you, even even in, in like prophecy stuff, they want you to prophesy them houses and cars and good luck. But some stuff is a warning. It's not good. It's bad. That, that I would uh, agree with you on when, if you believe in this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. they come back, they do for those two reasons. Warning. Uh, what was the other one you said? I said warning or preparation. Warning or preparation. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I think. I think she just converted you. Now you think your mom's going to die. No, I don't. I think they're warning me to get ready to win the lottery. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of preparation that goes yes. into that. Okay. Yeah. That's why everything's broken. Mm-hmm. Well, not that's the thing. Not everything is broken. Why did just the head break? Why did just the leg break? Well, in this picture, it looks like you have some Christmas ornament thing oh, down that's broken, too. What th- do you mean? That's the other thing. So we, uh, growing up, this were, those are my mother's. We had these little uh, porcelain mice, and I loved them as a kid. I'd always put them on the mantle. And th- a couple of those broke. My they mom, are broken. My mom's probably listening right now, freaking out. She's like, <laughs> why didn't you tell me? Oh, my God, you can't take care of the stuff. I know, really. So, And I was supposed to give this to my brother, who I'm estranged from, because allegedly he wanted it. Why, oh. I don't know, because he never or very rarely visited my grandmother. So I don't know why he wanted this. He's not getting it because he doesn't know how to pick up a phone. Maybe but. you're supposed to cut ties with him because the head was He cut already off. has. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> That's already been done. Line force for you <laughs> 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you save your mom, dude. <laughs> I don't know what to do about okay. that. I'm just trying to save your mom. Stay inside, mom. <laughs> Wrap yourself in bubble tape. <laughs> Nikki D's the Grim Reaper. <laughs> no, <I'm not>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
<laughs> See, that's why I didn't even want to tell you what I thought it meant. She's going to leave the show because she's going to be cast in the next Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of the black guy playing death, it's going to be the black lady. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. All right. 916-909-0985. If you want to get in on this, you got any uh, of those things, you know, you know things. Premonitions. I'm a dream guy, too. I know. You are. I sound like a weirdo, but, like, you get the dreams. I, I The day day we had that conversation, I'll give you one that will blow your mind about how that stuff and why I think that's real. But anyway, uh, so we can continue that conversation, uh, or we can talk about Cousin Eddie's house from vacation. Okay. A place that you should never visit. Ever. <laughs> because if you do, the hell will rain down on you like it rained down on this guy that went to go and visit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give us a minute here. Hang on. What famous movie or TV house would you want to either A, visit, or B, move into? I would go, I want to go to Forks to visit the Twilight House. I wouldn't want to move into it, but I definitely want to go visit. Go where? Forks. It's Forks? in Washington. Forks, Washington? Mm-hmm. The Twilight Zone house from the old Twilight shows? No, Twilight, the Twilight movies. Oh, twi- I'm sorry. Okay, the Twilight movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I never, I've never seen those movies. So what's so special about that house? It's just everything about the allure of having watching the series and read the books. Oh. And it's, it's kind of just like an old farmhouse looking two-story type of house, but I would want to go tour it and see it and visit the city. Was it fabricated for the movie, or did somebody actually live there? No, somebody actually lives there. Yeah. Those are the best. Mm-hmm. You know, when <laughs> you know my, my house in Atlanta, one of my neighbors owned a production company, and he shot a lot of commercials, you know, Delta, Coke, Hidden Valley Ranch. Um, <laughs> like, the, the com- there's a commercial for Hidden Valley Ranch that has this bright green, like, Cadillac, old-school Cadillac, I think it is, and that house is right next door. They were going to use our house, but they ended up using that house. So they would come in, and they would kind of look through and go, is this going to work? We were supposed to be in some Christmas. Our house there was supposed to be some used for some Christmas Coca-Cola commercials. Like, that's going to be kind of neat. But they, like, commandeer everything. You have to get out, and they mm-hmm. move everything around, but they pay you big bucks they do. To, to, to take over your house, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, a lot of people want to visit the house in the Ozarks, right? Not the the, the show, the Ozark. Sure. Ozark was it Ozark? Ozark. Yeah, it was Ozark. Ozark on, Jason Bateman. Uh, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, great, great show, great show. Um, but a lot of people visited that. That's back in Georgia as well. Mm-hmm. Cousin Eddie's house from vacation. I never thought about. Oh, I visited when I was in L.A. The uh, sec, uh, Beverly Hills Cop Two, oh. where he says it's his uncle's house. Yeah. Drove by that house. It's not as big as it is in the movie. I'll uh-huh. tell you that. It's a nice house, nice neighborhood. It's not too far from UCLA, actually. And, and somewhere else I've been um, in Georgia is from Stranger Things, the mall that they shot season two in. Oh, that's the old. That's in Gwinnett. Gwinnett Mall, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. that was very cool to see. Because it's vacant. It's vacant. Yeah, nobody's in there. <laughs> uh, so Cousin Eddie's house from vacation, you know, the, the crappy farmhouse, <laughs> you know, they stop by on their way to Wally World. Where they've got the worm farm and all that good stuff. <laughs> I never thought about like if I were to go and visit some of my favorite movies' houses, that one. But now that I've seen this story, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably want to go see that house, go visit. I mean, that if house. I was near it, would you go out of your way to go to it? Yeah, it, doing what I did when I moved out here, when I did the cross country trip. Uh huh. If it were not too far out of the way, this mm-hmm. would have been out of the way because it's in Boone, Colorado. If it were not that far, I mean, we stopped at the Billy the Kid Museum, and that mm-hmm. wasn't really on our way, but like 
if you have the option to stop at the Billy the Kid Museum, what do you do? You stop, stop. At, stop at the Billy the Kid Museum. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you stop. We've all seen Young Guns. Sure, why not? Uh, so there's this YouTuber, and I don't know if his shtick is, I went to his channel. I, I think his shtick is, he's a Florida guy. He just travels around and goes to these different houses. Like just random movie, movie houses and TV show houses? I, I think that's what he does. It's actually really entertaining. Uh, I should give credit to him, but it's not in the story. I should have probably wrote it down. Maybe you guys can find it for me. Uh, so he goes to the the Cousin Eddie house from National Lampoon's Vacation. And it's all this land. And it's this little house. Again, it never looks as big in real life as it does in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's this little house on this piece of land. And as you'll hear in the clip, this is after he went up and knocked on the door. Mm-hmm. He was trying to be polite, right? Hey, look, I'm just here to see the house, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to freak you out. I'm going to be taking pictures. It's mm-hmm. cool. Is that fine? Because me, like this guy, I'm under the impression as long as you're in like in the road, in the street, you can take pictures of whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what I believe is the law. Well, the guy that owns Cousin Eddie's house, uh, he's got a different law. <laughs> and so he confronts this guy at a crossroads in front of the house. Go ahead Adam Wu, by the way. What? Yeah, Adam, Adam Wu is the guy's name, and so his channel is Adam the Wu, and this was posted on his sub-channel, The Daily Wu. The guy doesn't look like a Wu. He doesn't look like a Wu. Can yeah. you Wu, Wu, Wu? That's him. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. Okay, I told you not to take pictures. This is my I, property also. This is not your property? Yeah, this is my property, yes. I own all 40 acres of this property. This is? this is my property that you're taking pictures of. Okay. Okay, and I got signs up there. All right. Thank you for letting me have your license plate. No problem. You'll be the next person I get to take to court and get money for. You won't be the last one. Okay. Okay, I just asked you to stay and not take pictures of my property. This is my property. All right, I did not realize that. All right, well, I'm going to go call the police. All right. We'll be here. Go call him, buddy. Now, I can understand his frustration because I guess if you're passing through Boone, Colorado, you have to kind of go look and take a picture uh, uh, of mm-hmm. the house because it's such an iconic movie. But I think this guy's, you know, he's fighting an uphill battle. People are going to do it anyway. Yes. And you can't fight everyone. And he's definitely not taking everyone to court. I promise you that. He's not even smart enough to realize he's taking a picture of his license plate to sue him, quote unquote, but he's in a rental car. (laughs) And and the cops, if they are coming, it's going to take them a minute. Because it's, it's you like, that's top priority. It's BFE. It's where the men are men and the sheep are scared. It's, <laughs> it's, it's out there in the sticks, right? He should ask them for a donation. Yeah. That is smart. I mean, you're not going to be able to charge them unless mm-hmm. they want to come inside. But then you go, hey, you want to walk? You want to ro- walk through the house? Why not? I mean, it's not like he's going to have a standing line of people. It's going to be one-offs. One-offs. You're like, look, yep. you can come in the house and, uh, and take some pictures. Yeah. But, you know, it's going to be 100 bucks. Exactly. He could profit it. See, that's how you got to turn lemons into lemonade. Right. I mean, that's what I would do. You know, if you want to walk the property, that's cool. hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, the people that own the full house house in San Francisco, when I went up there to take a picture, they have a sign out that says, basically, we understand this house is iconic. You want to take pictures, that's fine. But just be respectful because people actually live here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they're like, take your pictures, but like, don't come up here. Don't be knocking on the door. Don't do all that. Growing up, the Silver Spoons house. Oh, my God. 
was the one that you wanted to. What is it with Gen X and Silver Spoons? Was that such a huge show? You're not the only guy in your generation that I know that brings that and Ricky Schroeder up. Well, I'm, it's not so much about Ricky Schroeder. Jason Bateman was actually in it, too. He was his friend. I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, and then they had Heat like his kids, I think, and then he left the show. Okay. But it was, it, you know, in the 80s, it was all about... Um, it was all about look at me, you know, I've got mm-hmm. this. And in the eighties was the boom of the look at me. It was the look at me generation, mm-hmm. right? It was like, look at the style, look at the fashion, uh-huh. you know, you the, the excess, the shows that started to come on television, started to mimic reality, Miami vice cell phones came into play, the big brick, uh-huh. you know, all those types of deals. So it was look at me, Madonna, look at me, look at me, look at my fashion, look at this silver spoons encapsulated the 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 life that no one had. Okay. It was the life that you who would not want as a kid a train that ran through your house. Okay, yeah, I can get behind that. Right. It was the richiest of the rich. <laughs> and that of course was the generation. It's the lifestyles of the rich and famous. You know, we were in all of what we did not have. <laughs> and we tried you know, I was a kid in the eighties, but I'm saying that was the that was the that was the whole gimmick with everybody else. Uh Brett in Sacramento, how are we today? Doing great. How are you guys? On top yeah. of the on top of the world, sir. What do you got for us? Um, so it's a few years ago now, but um, my my wife and I were in my apartment, um, and she she is like you. She can like feel you know other presences and stuff. And at this time, I didn't tell her about my grandmother, uh, but she had passed. Uh, in 2019, mm. uh, while I was on deployment. <clears throat> so that was very hard for me. And, you know, she was also my rock. Uh, but she woke me up out of nowhere and was like, hey, wake up. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Uh, she said, there's, I just want to let you know that there was someone here and she brought a family member here also. So I didn't, she started describing the person, you know, she said, you know, this, this lady has some really curly hair, really curly white hair. She wears glasses. I'm like, well, that's my grandmother. And she was showing off me uh, to her dad, who also had passed. And all these ghosts are in your room and your wife's seen them? Well, she was just experiencing them. She didn't see them. She just experienced, like, she's like, oh, hey, I feel this person. She wants to, like, show me off to her dad. Gotcha. Can we make Uh, something clear here for the audience that missed the conversation that we had before with my girl? (laughs) And I appreciate what you said. You know, my wife is like you. I'm not a medium, and I I don't want people to think I'm nuts. (laughs) Okay, that wasn't, that's not what this show's about, okay? It was just a story. No, I understand. Okay, just want to make it clear I'm not some crazy person. No, no. So from what I remember you saying, like, you, you you have these experiences sometimes or, you know, things like this happen to you sometimes. They happen to me all the time. Don't yeah. worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it, it happens to my wife constantly. So so do you have an answer, like, well, why why my statue broke? I mean, does your wife maybe? Maybe get her on the phone? We'll see no, what... no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she, um, I, I do not have an answer. I am so sorry. <laughs> oh, well, did, is any of your family members breaking statues at your house, giving you messages? Nikki D says, my mom's going to die. Um, well, we had lights, you know, some like these lights up, but they got tore down. 
out of nowhere uh, one day, but. Well, according to Nikki D, that means your wife's yeah. going to die. Right. Did that right. Right. So give her a heads up. <laughs> Just, I mean, if anything breaks or if you get contacted by the supernatural, just know somebody close to you is about to go. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it other than to talk to them a lot. According to Nikki D, the medium. Well, all right. <laughs> I mean, I hate to break the, break the bad news, but I'm just the messenger. That's what she told me. I, it's okay. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Well, maybe kick it around with your wife tonight at dinner when you see her again. So, you know, the guy on the radio, statue broke. Just kind of curious if you've got any ideas on why. But tell her he doesn't want to know the truth. Whatever she feels, he well, might not want to know it. Yeah, because according to Nikki, again, the opposite of good is truth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. We, we, we got to run. We'll see you. Thank you. We got a text machine message of somebody wanting to live somewhere. Yeah. Dutton Ranch in Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm, yep. How'd you miss that? How did you miss that? Well, I, I wasn't. I mean, I could make a laundry list of them. Actually, the I don't believe the Dutton. The Dutton Ranch is not a thing, I don't believe. Is that? No, it's, it's, a, it's a ranch. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the Sixes Ranch is in Texas. Okay. Pretty sure about that. Um, I thought they were in Colorado shooting this or something. Well, the movie takes place in Montana, but they're I think they shoot it in it's not in Montana. Mm. Might be like Utah tax, or something. Tax reasons or whatever. I, I have no idea. I don't know the whole story about the shooting and where they do it, but I, I don't it's not Yellow the Yellowstone Ranch. It's not the Dutton Ranch, but the Yellowstone Ranch. I don't think it's called the Yellowstone Ranch. I think it's called something else. They changed the name for the movie. The Sixes Ranch exists. As the Sixes Ranch? As the Sixes Ranch. Okay. And that's going to be one of the spinoffs uh, coming up. Because they've got like three or four spinoffs after this final season. And the guy that owns the Sixes Ranch is a character in the show. Okay. You know, he's the bad actor. Oh, Like yeah. really, really bad actor. But he owns the Sixes Ranch, so <laughs> he's probably getting a lot from this guy in it's return. A, my high school was a, uh, a movie set. For what? For uh, election. Oh, yeah. George, Justin Long? Yeah, with George Washington Carver uh-huh. High School. That was Papillion La Vista High School. It was filmed while I was in school. See, that's the kind of stuff where you need to get noticed. Then you become a movie star. That's what happened to Chris Klein. Listen, I ran into Reese Witherspoon, but oh. she was just mean to me. Which, which is, <laughs> I thought she was a student, so I turned around to apologize. She goes, oh, don't touch me. I go, whoa, Reese Witherspoon, easy. I didn't. I realized it after the fact of who she was, but she's dressed as a student. And I'm fat and awkward. I just bumped into her. They were filming while we were in class. Nelson doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't even. He doesn't see the lights, camera no, action. No. He's just walking through the scene. He's like, hey, guys, you guys new here to meet Carver High or whatever? Uh, meet Carver. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, second round of headlines, then we'll get you. Oh, but you can start lining up for the Greta Van Fleet tickets if you want. You don't know Jeff. Very simple. You call, I put you on hold. Boom. 916-909-0985, but we'll do this after. Headlines, what do you got coming up? I'm going to tell you what else is being banned at airports and why strangers band together to find a ring. All right, get you out here in a minute. Stand by for news. News, 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 news. It's time for today's top two. Headlines, read all about it, baby. Extra, extra, read all about it. Headlines. Big thanks to Good Guys Heating and Air, their website, goodguysheatingcooling.com. They do have the best service, best price. That is guaranteed. I can attest to that. That's no BS. Goodguysheatingcooling.com. Nikki D. California airports have found something new to ban. H3. 
The ban comes two years after officials announced that they would be phasing out plastic water bottles. They hope this decision will help reduce their plastic waste and move towards zero waste. Back in 2006, the Transportation Security Administration came up with that rule where you could only have the 3.4 ounces of liquid that goes through TSA. It had to be in a clear bag. All those things were put into play, you know, after 9-11 and all that. Well, after that, California, San Francisco being the first airport, decided that they wanted to even go further than that. And they wanted to basically ban plastic bottles being used in the airport. And this is an initiative to clean up, you know, the earth and things like that. Well, now LAX has joined San Francisco and they are now the second airport in California that are banning plastic bottles. So what that means is after you go through TSA, how you could go to those little uh, restaurants or the little kiosks and get you a bottle of water before you get on a plane, they will no longer be selling bottled water in the plastic bottles. It'll be either in glass or paper, or they're urging you to bring your own water bottles like the ones we have, and they'll have stations where you can fill it up with water if you're thirsty. That's what I started to do. You know, when I was traveling back and forth, my, my family and I were in transition coming out here. I, I guess I don't travel much, but so, and, and I don't like to fly, but it, I had to. And then I realized that they had the, the refill stations. I'm like, I get to save $8. This is fantastic. I've never paid any attention because anytime I've tried to travel with these bottles, it was always more of a headache than anything because I'm trying to have the least amount of stuff in my hands to have to carry. Oh, tumblers, the way to go. But I will not drink water out of a cardboard box. <laughs> I, I can't do it. It's like milk in the 80s. It, yeah, it's just there's the, the feeling like I could drink milk. And I know I say it goofy, but I can drink milk out of a uh, carton. A carton because it's thick. Well, it, it's it's not about the texture of the liquid. It's about the texture of the cardboard. But for some reason, milk in the cardboard, you know, kind of frays at the end mm -hmm. a little bit. I don't have a problem with that. But when water is mixed with just straight up water, I have a problem with that. I bet, again, it is about the thickness of the milk. I bet it changes the feel of that that fray. There was, uh, when I was, I was hosting a tennis tournament one time, and there's title sponsor for water. Was this wa this was up north? It was water in a box or something? I don't know. It was some. I was just about to ask you when you have water. Yeah, some, it was some brand <laughs> right. water, and you know, and I like the water in, in the in the plastic bottles because when they're done, I can spit in it right as mm -hmm. a dipper, and so uh, you know the, pla the the carton water does nothing for me like. Mm. Beginning, middle, and end does absolutely nothing. So they had like everybody's drinking water out of a carton. It looked goofy, and it's just you can't. It, you know, you can re re. They have a and then they have a plastic cap on top, so that if they're you can put back over, it. you can put back over it. So it kind of defeats the purpose of no plastic because they have a right. plastic cap to put back on top. That's so strange. It's so strange. But take a tumbler. I mean, that's that's what they want to go. There's nothing wrong with that, right? You know, plus you get to save money. If anybody's upset about this, it's the people working at these shops that are that are charging you a ridiculous amount of money for a bottle of water when you can bring your tumbler. You can. I'm going to have to get me a book bag or something that I can slide it on the side so I don't have to carry it around because it's heavy. And here's the other thing is if you're like me and you're a little paranoid when you fly and you dress the part to regulate, in which I do, <laughs> always closed-toed shoes, always wearing a belt, always ready for action. Of course you are. Right? And if you do have to regulate at any point in time, Having a metal tumbler with a handle is not a bad thing to have. No, because these things are heavy, and they will be a really good <laughs> weapon.
You Especially some, if they were full of water. If you hit somebody in the back of the head with that, mm-hmm. they're going to shut their pie hole. Oh, see, that's a good idea. I didn't even think of it that way. Not that I get on planes to regulate. I'm asleep most of the time, but still. But still, you know. Good idea. If you need it. If you need That'll it. That'll be the next viral video we see. Because this thing is And heavy. then they'll be banned. And then they'll be banned. <laughs> and then the only <laughs> tumblers you can bring are the airport. Plastic ones. No, the airport sold tumblers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're made out of styrofoam. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so soft. <laughs> they're going to bring back that old material that used to get the McFish in. Oh, God. You know, that blue styrofoam yes. box. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, second story. A simple voicemail sparked kindness in the community. H4. The charter buses weren't capable of driving all the way back to Corpus Christi to look through some trash. Those are his ashes. You can't replace those. This is my good guy story of the day. A young girl, she's in high school choir. Uh, They're from Iowa. They're traveling down to Texas with her school to sing, whatever, whatever. They go out uh, to take a trip on the beach because they're done singing. They're getting ready to head back home. Well, she has four rings on her finger that she wears religiously, one of them containing the ashes of her father who died when she was like seven, and her grandmother gave her this ring. Well, she took off her rings before she got in the water because unlike Bailey, she didn't want to lose her jewelry. Smart girl. So she put them inside of like this little subway box because she couldn't go back to the bus. And in a rush to now get back to the bus when they're done swimming, she leaves the rings in the box on the beach. So her mom frantically calls the Parks and Recreation Center, just leaving a voicemail saying this is what happened. The probability she felt like of them actually finding her ring in all the trash, slim to none. Well, once the Parks and Recreation lady heard the voicemail, her along with two other people went through four tons of trash single-handedly by themselves, and they found this girl's rings. Oh, that's sweet. That is very nice. Wow. How many times have you lost something somewhere and called Parks and Recreation and gotten nowhere? I've done it. Uh, not Parks and Recreation, but Lost and Found. You know who has a good Lost and Found target? Even if you haven't lost anything, but you're looking for something for free? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God, you just called Target uh-huh. Lost yeah. and Found? And if you're looking for a free tumbler, going back to the tumbler. Mm-hmm. Go to your local gym and say I lost it. Go through the lost and found because they don't they don't ask you like what is it. They just pull the box up. You know that's it right there. That's so I mean wrong. a tumbler doesn't cost that much. I don't want something. What are you talking about? Drinking out oh, of. I went, what tumblers are you buying? I went tumbler $25. shopping. Five dollars. I went tumbler shopping the other day. It was like thirty five dollars for the yeah. one I wanted. I'd rather pay that than drink off somebody. I have no idea what's wrong with their mouths. No, like just clean it, just disinfect it. Yeah. No, no, I no. don't want that used. Lost, There's you, some things you don't get used. You do realize that when you go to a restaurant, someone else used that silverware. Uh-huh. I do realize someone else used okay. the silverware, but I don't have a choice in that matter unless I ask for plastic. Sometimes I do, most of the time I don't. But I'm not going to go purchase something or ask for something used that I know is used and I don't have to. I don't have a choice in a restaurant. I have a choice in me buying a tumbler or going and getting a used one. You're with me? No mm-hmm. sense? No sense. No that sense. does make sense. And by the way, you don't go to a restaurant and ask for plastic silverware. Not one time have I ever heard that you was, do that. I, I have done that. Maybe nope. not with you, but I have. And it, But it depends on where I go. I do it every time I go to Waffle House. It, <laughs> that makes sense. Thank you very much. That tracks. Why waffle? Because you don't. You know they ain't cleaning that silverware. No, very I get well. plastic silverware every time I go. There's blood on Thank everything. Thank you very much, and I get a to-go cup. Thank you. <laughs> Stop much. thanking us. You're welcome. Oh my mm-hmm. God. You're welcome three times. <laughs> Why you keep thanking us? Because you guys us? want to doubt me. We're not doubting you. We're just calling you a liar. I'm right? not a liar. Why do I have to lie about that? It's <laughs> <laughs> a big difference. There's no doubt in my mind that it's true. Right. I know it's not. So I'm not doubting you. I'm just saying you're lying. I'm not lying. (laughs) No reason. Rather be real than good. Right.
Right? You should. Right. You should always be real. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> Greta Van Fleet will be at the Oakland. Why is it so hot in here? I didn't touch it. Sweat. It feels great to me. It was freezing earlier. I think I'm going through that stage in my life. Menopause? The change. The change. <laughs> the man change. Menopause. Menopause. Uh, Greta Van Fleet, August 8th at the Oakland Arena. They will be joined by Surf Curse, Mount Joy, and Black Honey. If you would like to go, we've got a pair of passes just for you. Actually, they have your name on it. The game is called You Don't Know Jeff. Our friend Jeopardy Jeff, he was at one time a five-time, 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 five-time World Heavyweight Jeopardy champion of the world. And he joins us every week to do some basic trivia. Well, not basic trivia. It's actually very difficult trivia. So you can take <laughs> Team Jeopardy Jeff if you think he'll win. Or you can take Team Bailey D, which is the brains of myself and Nikki D mushed into one big giant brain of something. All right, awesomeness. Awesomeness. That's what it's. That's what it is. Nine one six nine zero nine zero nine eight five. Do need some players? Start lining up, and we'll play. You don't know Jeff. You're next. Huh? Someone's gonna get these questions right, and it's not gonna be Bailey or Nikki D. You don't seem like a super genius. That's why the game's called You Don't Know Jeff. You Don't Know Jeff. Welcome back. Appreciate you being here. It's the BS. My name's Jason Bailey. Right there, that is Nikki D. There is Nelson. We are about to give someone, maybe you, a pair of passes to see Greta Van Fleet at the Oakland Arena August 8th. Let's welcome to the show as we do each and every week. He is a five-time, 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 five-time World Heavyweight Jeopardy champion of the world, winning well over six figures. He's got the most beautiful bald head I've ever seen. He is our friend, the smartest guy, Jeopardy Jeff. Jeopardy Jeff! Jeopardy Jeff! Hello. Good morning, Sacramento. How are you? Good, good, good. So uh, he's at a little bit of a possible disadvantage. Why is that? Well, he's traveling. So he's... um, in a hair convention. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're traveling, right? So No, I'm I'm home now. I'm traveling a couple weeks. Oh, you're that's what your text. Okay. No. So oh damn. Okay. Well, Nikki, I retract that. We do not have an advantage. Okay, because I'm like, he doesn't look like he's traveling. It's the same shtick. Same spot. And I believe you won last week too, right? He did. I did. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, let's find some players here. Monica in Sacramento, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? Just okay? Not feeling good, huh? I'm feeling okay. That's when, you know, halfway through. All right. Get a little pep in that step, Monica. Things could be worse. You could have no legs. Actually, I do have only one. Thank you. Wow. Are you kidding me? What are the odds? (laughs) Wow. Out of all the things that I could say, and you, are you serious? You really only have one leg? I I am a violent... Baloney amputee, yes. You know, as much as I'm so sorry, that's crazy that I could say something like that. And you know the only reason I said that, Monica, is because I saw a video of this guy that was on AGT that was born without his legs, and it was tremendous, and he's working out, and he's, like, uh, you know, very inspired. Everybody's shaking their head, rolling their eyes, going, you just dug yourself in a hole. Here's the thing, Monica, pick Jeff, okay? <laughs> pick Jeopardy Jeff. I'm picking Jeff yeah, already. I, 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 I hope you don't hate me. I, I didn't know. I really I didn't know. I do not hate you. I do not take offense. Okay. I'm actually laughing 
at it and think it's quite funny. I know. It is kind of funny that I, I just, oh, okay. Monica, I'm going to put you on hold, please. Okay. I really do feel bad right now. I mean, what are, <laughs> what are the freaking odds, right? Of all the only things that you. you could say. Out of all the body parts. Oh, my gosh. And the only reason I did that was because the video. I know, really, right? Stop Maybe. watching video. God, I hope. Justin, are, uh, how are you, buddy? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I'm sure you're doing well. And if you're not, things will get better. But I really don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm afraid to say anything. Okay. And don't take offense to that. You seem like a great guy and I love you to death. But I'm just going to put you on hold. You've got me and Nikki, Team Bailey D. Okay. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's next? Buzzing sounds, all right? I don't get shaken very much, but I'm a little rattled right now. I really feel bad. You should feel bad. Jeopardy Jeff, what is your buzz in sound? Matt. All right. Nikki D. Faith. And mine is woo. So if you hear a woo or a Nikki D sound, that is Team Bailey D. If you hear a that is a Team Jeopardy Jeff. Nelson will take the reins and buzz in when you know the answer. We're playing for our people. As much as I really enjoyed speaking with Justin momentarily, I'm rooting for Monica. You better not throw this game. You better get your brain in here. We'll see. Okay, go ahead. In the category of reality TV, Joseph Allen Maldonado Passage is the real name of this. That'd be Jeopardy Jeff. Tiger King. I accept the Tiger King. You are correct. God, I knew that too. Yeah, Monica. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let me get my brain right. No auto-tune was necessary for this man to win the first season of The Masked Singer. Fave. Nikki oh. D. Or Bailey D, excuse me. T-Pain. T-Pain. Yeah. And that would be correct. Not that I saw it, because it is a really dumb show. Yes. But, I really like that show. But he's the auto- auto Auto-tune king. Mm-hmm. Advanced auto parts guy. Yeah. In the category of... The periodic table. <laughs> I knew it just as soon as I said it. <laughs> what column is on the far right of the periodic table? <laughs> Whoa. Bailey T. Once a month. <laughs> Once a month? Oh, different. Sorry. What column? Uh, that is the... Um, These elements will be fine. Yeah, I understand what the elements are. They're the... Um, Five. Four, uh, the, no, they're uranium. Yeah, there that's the it. I mean, correct. Jeopardy, Jeff. He's shaking well, his head. I know you're looking for categories. Uh, gases. Mm. Is that your final answer? Noble gases. And noble gases would be correct. You gotta be kidding me. Okay, when somebody answers, as the host of the game show, your response can't go, Ugh. Oh, You can't do an, uh and let him double barrel and go, noble gases. Oh my no, right? You can't do Excuse that. Excuse me. Shh. Ask the question. Give the answer. Other than that, you're out. Fair. Go. Go, Monica. He's salty. Very. Don't don't, don't attack him. I have to. Can you frame yourself better too, please? Thank you. <laughs> what is the two or three letter abbreviation of an element called? Two or three. 
three letter abbreviation. Uh, Jeopardy Jeff. Atomic symbol. Faith. Bailey Dean. Just a symbol. Symbol. Chemical symbol. Chemical Chemical symbol. symbol. Okay. (laughs) In the category of iconic performances, James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader and this. Faith. Dean Bailey Dean. The Lion King. Lion King. Yeah. Final answer. Yeah. Well, you jumped in too early. James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader and this Lion King. Oh, Jeff. you tricked me. Mufasa. Mufasa would be yes, correct. Darn it. Come on now. Mufasa <laughs> would be correct. But Monica's winning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm doomed. <laughs> Whether running New York gangs or the United States, this retired actor is known for his method approach. Running New York gangs? Five. Woo! <gasps> Bailey Dean. New York gang. Five. Four. Or the United three, States. It gotta be a president, don't two, it? Clinton? No. No. Method man. <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yes. That would be incorrect. Jeopardy Jeff, whether running New York gangs or the United States, this retired actor is known for his method approach. Oh, he played uh, oh. five. I'm not gonna come up with retired it. Uh, and that would be that would be Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis, New York gang. Oh my god, that was brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great a- question. Absolutely brilliantly worded question. We're all idiots. I still don't know. Wow, that was good. <laughs> oh my God. I mind is blown right now. Wow. Okay. I don't want to do this next category after that compliment. Go ahead. The solar system. Oh man. All right. What? <laughs> the solar like even system. Jeopardy Jeff is oh, like dude. Solar- okay. solar I thought system. you said soul sister. No, so like soul train. sisters. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, in the category of the solar system, which of the planets has the shortest year? Faith. Bailey D. Pluto. Pluto. It's not a planet anymore. Five. It's not? No. They it's made it not a planet. Well, Earth. No, we, it, we it never would, say no, Mars. Okay, Mars. One. That'd be incorrect. Damn! Dwarf planet is what they call Pluto, by, by the way. <gasps> which of these planets has which of the planets has the shortest year, Jeopardy Jeff? I believe that's Mercury. And you would believe correctly. Looking at me like I'm wrong. Wrong, wrong. You were wrong. Yeah, but you were wrong, wrong, wrong too. Oh, get out of here. What's the score? Do we have anything? We have one. Jeopardy Jeff has four. We're not far behind. Yeah, okay. The planet Mars is named after the Roman god of what? Whoop. Bailey Dean. The Roman god of... uh, Three? The Milky Way. No. (laughs) Fire. Final answer? Yeah. And that would be correct. Jeopardy Jeff. That's the, war. War. That is correct. War. Ah, what is it good? good Apollo's son. Oh, son gun. Man. All right. In the category of famous families, Maddox, Pax, and Shiloh are three of the kids of this action. Whoa. Faith. Bailey Dean. Angelina Jolie and Brad, and Brad Pitt. Pitt. Yeah. Angelina Jolie is correct. Pitt Jolie. Mm, mm, mm. Of this action actress. Just looking for the actress. The Tylers had the soundtrack and a starring role covered for this out of this world action adventure movie. Uh, Excuse me, Jeopardy Jeff. 
Oh. Armageddon. Yeah. And that would be correct. Tyler's. The Tyler's. The Tyler's. The Tyler's. I never heard them called the Tyler's before. <laughs> In the category of grammar. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> Jeff, just don't do anything. Okay. And I'm not going to do anything either. <laughs> I before E, except after C, or when sounded as Jeopardy Jeff. A as a neighbor and way. And that would be correct. What is that? Is that like a way to remember? That's actually the full quote. I've never heard the A neighbor way part. Yeah, most people drop that off. The entire mnemonic device is A as a neighbor and way. Good to know. I'm 48. (laughs) Words that sound alike but have different meanings are Team Bailey D. Uh, Similes. Yep, I agree. Mm. What? Well, look at Jeff. Sound alike, but have different meanings. They are called what, Jeopardy Jeff? Homonyms. Homonyms. Actually, the answer is homophones. Homophones? Homophones. Homophones. I ain't never heard of that. That's a small person with a cellular device. Hobbit phone. (laughs) In the category of alcohol, which citrus is used in an old-fashioned way? That'd be Bailey D. Oranges? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. 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 Are you a yes. sound mic together? Yes, yes, yes. And that would be correct. I was like, cherry, not citrus. <laughs> right. Right. That's my drink. Guinness is an Irish beer of this type. What? Bailey D. Doubt. Yeah, that sounds right. And that would be correct. Uh-huh. We're coming back. We got four. Jeopardy Jeff has seven. All right. Let's slow down. In the category. (laughs) We need to win. In the category of Europe. What is the national anthem of the UK? That'd be Jeopardy Jeff. God save the king. And that would be correct. Ooh. Because it used to be queen. It was the queen until recently. And she died. The treaties concerning the treatment of those wounded and captured in war were formed in this Swiss city. Jeopardy Jeff. Ooh. Geneva. And that Geneva, would be the Geneva Convention. Great convention. A lot of freebies. <laughs> Good swag bag. Yeah. Great swag. I was Great say. swag, yeah. In the category of restaurants, often called BW3s, Jeopardy Jeff. Buffalo Wild Wings. No way. That's the... No way. And that is. I knew it. 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 What does the third W stand for in Buffalo Wild Wings? Woo! Bailey Dean. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Or double wings is what you're saying. No, Buffalo. the third W. Yeah, the third W stands for wings. Wild Wings. That's your final answer. Yes. No, being correct. Wings would be the second W. You want to take another stab at it for no points? Jeopardy, Jeff. Yeah, it's whack. Weck is correct. Weck? Weck is a type of uh, bread, and the shop was formed while the brothers were in Ohio, I believe, and they were calling back to Buffalo. The sandwich is a weck after beef on weck. Why are Buffalo you- Buffalo Wild Wings and weck, yeah. Why are you making noises on I didn't do thing? that. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings. Who's connecting and so disconnecting? Buffalo Wild Wings weck? Buffalo weck. Wild Wings and weck. That's why it's called BW3s. So there's only three W's. There are three. Okay, gotcha. Move on. Mm-hmm. In, 
We got 60 seconds, by the way. Sticking in the category of restaurants, what restaurant claims to have the meats? Safe. Team Bailey Dean. Arby's. Arby's. And that would be correct. Here's our our fish sandwich. We have the meats. In the category of the show Friends, according to Phoebe, Ross and Rachel are destined to be together because these crustaceans mate for life. Whoa. That would be Bailey D. Shrimp. Shrimp. That would be incorrect. Jeopardy Jeff. Lobsters. Lobsters. He's her lobster. Today's just not our day. Monica Geller is. I wonder why. Monica Geller is employed as a what for most of the show? Ooh. Five. Safe. Bailey D. A waitress? No, she's not a waitress. I never saw Five. friends. Four. <laughs> Too many white people in an apartment? I mean, Two. This is not One, do we have thing. an answer? I have no idea. That's a great question. Okay, so it's not a waitress. Jeopardy Jeff, any idea? I'm not sure. Journalist? And that would be incorrect. She was a chef. She, you're right. Was she chef. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was you in a are. restaurant. God, that was, that's yep. a good question, too. Thank All right. Ten seconds. In the category of literature, call me Ishmael is the opening line <laughs> of Jeopardy Jeff. Woo. Moby Dick. And yep. that would be incorrect. Mm-hmm. Call me Ishmael is the opening line of a novel about a white what? Woo. Oh. Bailey D. Whale. Oh, man. Well, right into that one. Thing. Nikki D hasn't read that either because of. <laughs> Bill and Georgie are brothers from Derry in this novel about an evil clown. Uh. Woo. Bailey D. It. And that would be correct. Hello, Georgie. Mm-hmm. Come here. In the category of dinosaurs, <clears throat> which dinosaur's name means tyrant lizard? Woo. Bailey D. Ty- uh, Rick, T-Rex. T-Rex. Tyrannosaurus Rex. And that would be correct. One more. We're coming back. I got one more and we're done. Lastly, what is the name of the main velociraptor in Jurassic World? Oh, shoot. Five, four. They had a name? Whoa. Bailey D. Blue. Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. And that would be correct. Oh, what up? That would be correct. Did you just blue guess that? Is the name. No, I knew Blue is the character because that's the one that what's his face trains. Uh huh. And that's the main Velociraptor in the show. But blue. when he says main, he tricks your brain to think big. <laughs> right. So main is the that just, is the correct Velociraptor. All right. Actually, I don't know what the score is. I haven't been checking. We what? have nine. Jeopardy Jeff has ten. Game over. Oh. Jeopardy Jeff, you win. Ooh. Monica, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for everything Thank you, you do. Can I tell you something, Monica? Oh, my gosh. So, I like my job, and I've been doing it a very long time in different places. I've never met someone like you that I've... You're like my favorite listener ever. (laughs) (laughs) I just want you to know that. Someday. What's that? We'll have to meet up someday. I would love that. And I just hope you continue to listen because I want you to know every day <laughs> and everything that comes out of my mouth, I'm talking directly to you. Great. Okay. I will be listening. Okay. Well, thank you, Monica. And I hope you have a great day. All right. Don't thank go anywhere. You. Hang on. We got you Greta Van Fleet tickets. I think I. <laughs> Justin, you were just calling the crossfire, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It was. Uh, Everything was wrong from the beginning. I appreciate you kind of being there, but you call us back tomorrow at this time, and I'll be pro Justin. But I had to go, Monica. There we go. The whole leg. Thing. Okay. Have a good one, guys. All right, brother. We'll see you. 
I'm a little disappointed you didn't make any leg puns. No. God, that's rude. I was already rude he to begin with. He had already done enough. Yeah, I had already done enough. He Thank had you. already done enough. That's immature, oh, Nelson. Enough. I'm sorry. Why don't you go back to Nebraska and make leg jokes? We don't do that here. Okay. You had to say it like that? No, but I'm looking at myself, and I don't normally look at myself. And I, when I do that, I get these little faces, and it's kind of neat to look at. Okay. He's performing for himself. Right. I am. So he can see himself in the camera. That's funny. Uh, Jeopardy Jeff, uh, we will talk to you next week, right? Yes, sir. All great right. game. Yeah, great almost game. Almost came back. Congratulations. We almost did. And, you know, I do control the time. We could have, but go Monica. <laughs> <laughs> Give, give Jeopardy Jeff a follow on social media. He's a great guy, and in all seriousness, we appreciate you coming on and spending time with us. So thanks, buddy. Always a pleasure. Have uh, a good week. All right, you too. Take care. We'll see Bye. you. Bye-bye. That was so weird. That was very weird. That was wild. We've never, never seen anything like that happen before. That was new. Maybe that's why your statue has a leg broken off of it. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was warning me, yep. heads up, mm-hmm. don't make leg jokes, Yep, because a listener is going to call you without one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it will blow your mind why Virgin Mary's head was shattered. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Problem solved. Mystery solved. I don't know if Grams is going to be giving me a heads up on that. That's kind of, I think it's more deeper than that. No offense. To, it's because I said you're welcome, isn't it? You were on board until I said you're welcome. Yeah, it's just because you said <laughs> <laughs> just because you said it. Period. That's it. Nothing else. Nelson said it. Oh, my God. Uh, there is a fairly, well, no, very big artist. Uh, I don't know about popularity, but size, definitely. That is getting beat up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she is big in popularity. And Huge size. in size. Yeah, you still want to make jokes? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Actually, I like this story because she's getting beat up for the... She's calling people out on what she is, which is kind of odd. Like, we've got to figure out the rules to this. Like, what can you say? What can't you say? We'll tell you who that is in that story in a minute. Hey. I bet you this story just scratches Nikki D's soul. It does scratch my soul. Number one, we don't even know if it's true. Uh, well, we believe everything else we hear. Why should we not believe that... The artist Lizzo, the plus-size performer, is getting sued by her ex-dancers, who were all plus-size, and she was ripping them because uh, she was saying that they were overweight. I mean, like, like, what are the rules on that? Like, I thought that, you know, if you look at the race thing, you know, the black guy can say the N-word to the other black guy. It's not racist. The white guy can't say it. And those are just the rules. You don't have to agree with it, but those are the rules. Uh, it is what it is. Now, if you're overweight and you call somebody else overweight, I would think that you were in the clear. I didn't I didn't see that she called them overweight. I saw that they were upset and trying to sue her because they feel like they were overworked. They weren't paid their fair wages. One girl said that she shamed her for having an eating disorder and said that she wasn't performing up to par and some other things that they're saying that she did to them. I, uh, I, I'd read that she body shamed them. Um, she weight shames her dancers and demeans them in ways that are only illegal but absolutely demoralizing. 
That's what the suing attorney says. That's crazy. Right? I mean, I mean, that's what we're led to believe. I need to hear Lizzo's side of this. I cannot form an opinion on this story <laughs> until I hear what Lizzo has to say. Because it, I have experienced her for myself twice. Uh, and she is not that. She, well, you've not met her. I've not personally <laughs> met her, but I've this been is, in her presence. This, I follow her on social media. Oh, that's real. So this is what happens. It's like when you're a fan of somebody and you see this story, mm-hmm. whoa, back up. Let's get some more details and think it out first. And let, Absolutely. Let's, let's see how it plays. But if you're not, especially if you're not a fan or you have no connection to it, I can't believe they do that. <laughs> <laughs> they are racist. They fat shame. Mm-hmm. They're hate filled. They're pedophiles. They, uh, they're all these different things without any, just, just somebody saying it. If you're not a fan or if you've got no connection, it's automatically you believe it. That's how it goes. It's just like if right now one of your family members is arrested for murder, you're going to say, they didn't do it. They didn't kill anybody. Uh, it depends on what family member. Yeah. Actually, I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of people in my family be like, I could see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Uh-huh. I'd know. be shocked. I have a, uh, my cousin's kid uh, serving three years in jail for, for dealing drugs. And when I heard about it, I was like, well, it's all that coming. But did you really <laughs> know him that well, though, to have that opinion? I- I'm talking about somebody you're close with. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I can see a lot of things like that in, in people that I'm close with. Well, I'm close with Lizzo, so I can't. You're not. Oh my I God. am. You went to her concerts. Twice. I went to her concert as well. It doesn't matter. You're not, you've never met the girl. There's another story, actually. Let me read this. The filmmaker that was doing a documentary on this Lizzo person says she walked away because the singer was arrogant, self-centered, and unkind. She followed her around for an extended period of time, and the way that she was treated was uh, her her demonstrating her abuse of power, she said, made her just walk away from the documentary because she was that bad of a person. What is wrong? With, what is this? A, a Lizzo put her on a steak day? What is going on? Well, when one thing comes out, it opens the floodgates for other people to finally get whatever. And they just want to jump on the bandwagon and throw their little stories in and say, boo-hoo-hoo, she did it to me too. I don't believe all these people. See, like, this is a real, this is a good litmus test of how people act. Uh-huh. You know, like, if you're a fan, <laughs> you just, you're in denial. But if you're not, you fight to the death. And you you have zero information to back your play. I do have a lot of information. I've watched Lizzo do so many selfless, <laughs> nice things for total strangers. So how could she be so kind to total strangers and treat the people she work with every day horribly? Like her whole message is be good to yourself, be good to other people. That's why Nelson was crying at the concert because he's so touched by her lyrics and songs and the things that she preaches to people. So she's the total opposite of that. Would you say that Ellen DeGeneres does good things for people? Yeah, but I wasn't shocked to know that Ellen. Well, I, I was shocked to know that Ellen treated her people badly, but I believed them once everything came out. I didn't crucify Ellen right off the bat. I mm. did not. I will say that. You know who was re- like probably one of the best boyfriends out there, at least so, uh, from his girlfriend when she speaks about him. Um, it's this guy, really good looking. He's no longer with us today, but everybody that knew him personally thought he was just the greatest dude in the world. He probably most likely did a lot of charity work. But uh, as they later found out, Ted Bundy was not the greatest person. Mm -mm. I knew you was going to say somebody crazy. (laughs) I just knew that you were. It's charming, though. You agreed with me yesterday when I said, (laughs) and this is the truth, 
<laughs> Everybody's got skeletons in their closet, and nobody is what they are. Everybody does. It's have a gimmick. Skeletons. When you're when you're in this world, when you're in this entertainment business at this level, I should say. You know, there's a persona that you put on to win over the fans, mm-hmm. and then there's another. Now, I will give you this, is because, you know, I see this in this business. Hosts always get beat up. You know, I hear things about people that I don't even know that have hosted radio shows, and I usually am one to defend them because I know what it's like when your people turn on you because <laughs> they're lazy, right, <laughs> or they're incompetent, and hosts are always given the bad rap because we're in charge or we're too controlling or blah, blah, blah. But we're the ones that create everything. We're the ones that make everything run. And everybody around, everybody wants to be in that seat, and there's jealousy and blah, blah, blah. So th- there are the, there is the other side of it. There is. There's so no you're doubt. agreeing there, that Lizzo no, might not be in the wrong. Uh, no, I'm not. I know for a fact. I, I'm very close with Lizzo. I follow her on social media. Oh, my God. And you don't know anything about Lizzo. I, why do you know it? You've only, you follow her on social media, and you've been to two concerts. And I don't because I also follow on social media. Isn't that the same? And I've seen That's not. You've numerous, been to zero concerts. Yeah. You don't know anything about her background. You don't know okay. anything about her music. Do you have a giant silver lizard in your house named Lizzo? I didn't think so. You yeah. didn't buy that lizard. So don't try to take credit for it. And you didn't even want the lizard. Okay. Yes, I did buy the lizard. Right. Two, I carried the lizard. Your wife wanted that lizard. Yeah. And, and you I talked bought- about how much you didn't want the lizard. Right. Now all of a sudden you wanted the lizard named Lizzo. I never said I wanted it. I said I had one. You had one. Or I have it. Because of your wife, not because of you. And you didn't name it. Oh, the hell I didn't. So Rach didn't name it Lizzo? Nope. I named everything in our house. Okay. Why do you question my house? Like You brought you, it up. You, like, everything you know about him, that surprises you that he would name everything in the house? And it, she's got, surprise she, me. She but. goes on this run like because she talks to my wife on text that she knows everything in my four walls. I don't know everything, but I, I remember everything. you talked about this I, on air about this lizard that you didn't want. I, but I, now I, you want to bring it up as a form of reference. I follow your wife on social media. I know everything, and I've been to her concerts. Please. I've been to your her barbecues, and I know how everything works. <laughs> I'm very good friends with her. Only thing you knew about the lizard was to name it Lizzo because it had a, started with an L. Well, duh. I mean, <laughs> it's not because you were a fan. Isn't the point? Don't it say is. Duh. It is because I'm a fan, a huge fan. But again, like, I mean, can you not be? If you're a fan of Lizzo, you have to be a huge fan. Well, what's her favorite song? What's your favorite song of hers? Since you're such a fan, uh, I wish I see a true fan doesn't have one favorite. Mm-hmm. I have numerous favorites. Okay, well, name me one of your numerous. Uh, uh, I'm back. <laughs> no. Oh, you don't know that one? No. Oh, that was before she got popular. You just oh. like the radio songs. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's how much of a fan you are. You don't know about the early days. Uh, about I'm back. When she was just Liz. And uh, no O. No, no, no Zo. <laughs> She's just Lizzie. Okay, I got Truth her. hurts. Mm-hmm. Which is Look also at you well, over there trying to help him. I see you, Nelson. What? I was just letting him know that we had to go to commercial. No, you're over there trying to tell him a song. I know he doesn't know the songs. You're so obvious. You can't even sneak. The truth hurts, huh? Well, that's a song. Yeah, it's a song. Oh, not not one of my favorites. No. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you, you meant can't like even the help truth him. hurts. <laughs> Next time you got to put like the the things on the I was, side. I was erasing something else so you wouldn't get confused. <laughs> So I didn't have time to say. <laughs> Bust it. I see you. <laughs> you can't even follow along. He doesn't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I liked her uh, 
uh, her version of Big Girls Don't Cry. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm over it. You're not a fan. We're going to see what happens when the story comes out more. I liked her redoing the song from White Lion. What song is that? Wait. (laughs) Just give him all the fat jokes. That's fine. No, it's W-A-I-T. Where's your mind at? Oh, my goodness. You're doing all the fat jokes. Oh, my goodness. Lizzo's great. Beyonce's already dropped her. I'm a little little sad at Beyonce for doing that. That's going to hurt when she falls. <laughs> it is. I'm sure she's hurting right now. <laughs> I actually met Lizzo once. Where? Uh, I was. I was. She was on stage. I was down in the row. Uh huh. And she walked by and she gave me a pound. <laughs> you got some more? Do you have some more? <laughs> she's still the same weight though. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Thank you. You'll come back and tell me I'm right later. Uh. Yeah, that's not going to happen. A lot of people said that about Kevin Spacey, too. Truth hurts. <laughs> oh, so that's the only thing you can quote now. <laughs> All right, third round of headlines. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you why a tree has been on a man's house since January and how Carly Russell may change the laws. I take my hair, truth hurts. <laughs> yeah, that's close. nails up it. Well, see, now that is a, a song right there. I know you ain't got it. it all the I'm way I'm just right. playing. I know all of her songs. You don't know all of them. <laughs> <laughs> We don't got time to get into it. I flip my hair back. No, that's Willow. No, it's not. She does a hair flip. I flip my hair back. Truth hurts. Truth hurts. <laughs> neither one of y'all have it right. <laughs> I do my hair, toss, chip my nails. Right, third round of headlights here in a minute. The Bailey Show. Live or no. News, 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 news. It's time for today's top two. Headlines. Read all about it, baby. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Headlines. Big thanks to Good Guys Heating and Air. If you are looking for the best service, the best price guaranteed, that would be Good Guys Heating and Air. Uh, there is never not a bad time to get them out to make sure everything is working just fine and dandy. 530-GOOD-AIR. 530-GOOD-AIR. Nikki D. If a tree falls on your house in a storm, who's removing it? H5. The beauty of the sign is it's the facts, right? Nobody can argue any of it. These photos show Lao's home with an uprooted tree on top of it. So a man in Sacramento, this is according to CBS News, said a tree fell on his house back in January when they was having all the storms here and the tree is still on his house right now in August. So he has this big sign that he put up outside basically calling the city out for not coming and removing the tree off his property. The city is saying that they will not remove the tree until he submits a revised plan addressing correction notices or unpermitted work that was done on the home. That work was done on the home before he even purchased it when he's only had the home now for six years. So the city right now is refusing basically to remove the tree. That's it's nuts, the bureaucracy when, when it comes to trees. Like even if a tree is on your neighbor's property and comes onto your falls on your property, it's your responsibility. I always thought it was the neighbor's responsibility no. if it's their tree. Mm-mm. It's your responsibility. Even to repair, like, the tree could be dying, and you know it's a matter of time before that tree falls. Like, this is how it's always been explained to me. And I had this situ- a very similar situation uh, with my last house, uh, but my neighbors were cool enough that we worked it out. And, and, and I only thought it was fair that we split it 50-50. Right, and it I, came from their yard, right? It came from their yard, but it was, it was a matter. It was only a matter of time before the thing fell. And if it did fall, not only is it going to take out my 
fence at that that section of the fence, but it would have landed on a certain portion of my house, possibly busted windows. And I was like, you know what? I go, look, I asked him Mm -hmm. and then it took time. So I was like under the impression that, you know, guy to guy, like maybe just doesn't have the money right now. Uh So I said, hey, look, not for nothing. Let me help you out. I got a guy and let me split it with you. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's very nice. Thank you. And then some more time went by. Nothing happened. My guy came out there. He didn't like the price. Then I started to get a little irritated. I remember I started bringing it up on the air a little bit. And uh, and then I said, hey, look, not for nothing. Let me pay for the whole thing. <laughs> and right. I, it was after I said that, he ended up doing it on his own. Oh. I had to offer to pay for the whole thing for him to do. But it wasn't like a back. It wasn't a mean, malicious back and forth. But I was worried. I was like, let me, I'd rather take the hit now versus the hit later and God forbid someone get injured. Exactly. Or the mm-hmm. damages that happened to your house cost way more than it would have just to take the tree down. Right. Exactly. But this is, you know, kind of crappy that these people have this tree on their house. Uh, and it's, like I said, it's the it's bureaucracy of it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the city going, well, you know what? We got to run it up the ladder. And it's got to go through this, and we got to do the paperwork, and this person has to check it. But this person's on vacation mm-hmm. because you know how it is in California. You just work when you want and take vacation <laughs> when you want. <laughs> so when they get back, no, I don't know when that's going to happen. But mm-hmm. when they do get back, we'll take care of it. Maybe. Sir, I know what happened in January, and this is August. <laughs> From what I understand, they're taking a mental break. <laughs> you don't know how long that's gonna last in hawaii <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway i wish him nothing but the best but they put a big banner out in front of their house yeah and he's gonna leave it up there until they do something about good it. for him mm-hmm. see that's a good protest that, that's what i'm talking about not standing in the middle of the street blocking traffic not jumping on people's cars not being violent definitely not spitting in cops faces that's not it this is how you do it. Just put up a big banner. In you put a house. big banner. You let the news grab a hold of it because mm-hmm. it went national. It did. And now it makes the city of Sacramento look silly in the eyes that are uh, the eyes of the people that are seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And I bet you soon the tree will be taken off of his house. I, now, I hope anybody's going to now reimburse him for all these months he's been displaced and not had a place to live. Here's what I hope happens after this story goes out like it has. Mm-hmm. I hope that a local reputable tree service reaches out to this gentleman and asks if they can do the work pro bono just to make their lives better, mm-hmm. you know, because here's what you're going to get out of it. You'll get publicity. Absolutely. You know, if you need to get something, maybe you just do it out of the goodness of your heart. I don't know if that's still a thing, but either way you're going to get publicity because some, you know, the news will pick it up. I'd talk about it and I'd give you all the publicity you want if you did something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, all right, they will. next one. Carly Russell has the world pissed, and now the laws may change. H6. The 26-year-old is charged with false reporting to law enforcement authorities and falsely reporting an incident. Carly Russell. Carly Russell. We've been talking about her Where's that story gone? few weeks. Uh, she was arrested, finally, for falsifying being kidnapped. And with her arrest, it, of course, it's only a misdemeanor charge in the state of Alabama for what she did. So local uh, law enforcement there and the lawmakers in Alabama are trying to change the laws. They want a stiffer sentence when you lie and say that you've been kidnapped instead of it being a misdemeanor. They want it to be a felony. There should be a felony for that. There should be a felony for women that claim rape that are lying. Uh-huh. You know, there should be a felony for what was the third one that I was thinking of? Um, uh, 
Uh, oh, there should be a, th- a felony for anybody that is convicted of selling drugs to somebody who dies. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Those three things. I mean, I'm sure I could make up some more. But those three things, without a doubt. Like, you know all the manpower and the, and the tax money that, that that girl wasted? And, we and st- that's the police's point. And we still don't know. We don't still know what happened. No, we still, we'll probably never get the full story. No. Uh, quickly, Dave in Sacramento. How are you, buddy? Hey, bud. Yeah. It's hearing aid Dave. Hearing aid Dave. It's what? You remember me? Hearing aid Dave. Dave. Oh, hearing aid Dave. Yeah. I'm sorry, sir. What's up? Hey, Dave, how hey, are I, you? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talked about my dad being a, yeah. a aggressive person, but my wife is a Native American attorney who chases trees for a subcontractor for PG&E. Okay, were we off on the tree laws? And, uh, if your tree does any damage, rich people are the worst. They don't want a tree cut down because they have to see the neighbor's house. Right. And, and it brings their property value down. Yeah. If you cut the wrong tree down, and it's a big tree, it's about seventy-five grand because uh, you'll never live long enough to see that tree that big again. Right. Uh, if there's an eagle in a tree, you can't cut a tree down for three hundred yards around that tree, regardless of the fire zone or whatever. Yeah, and there's also usually. Hey, Dave, hold on for a second. There's a uh, there's also usually laws that if you I, I know in Florida they do this if you take a tree down you have to plant two. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. And that. and if you are going to take it, oh, hold on, Dave. One more thing, real quick. Uh, and if you do take a tree down, uh, in most states, you have to get an arborist, right? Arborist to come yes. out yeah. to see if it's sick. And if it's like if it's sick, you're legit. You can take it down because mm-hmm. it'll fall. So Yes. Anyway, go ahead, Dave, quickly, because I got to yeah, run. Yeah, they have arborists. My wife has an arborist. He has to check for beetles, all kinds of stuff. If the tree was stressed from the fire, mm-hmm. uh, uh, FEMA will pay to have trees removed after the fire. But after that, yeah. uh, they they won't. I mean, there's so many rules. The rich people are the worst. Yeah. They don't want you on the property. They don't care. They want underground utilities. And my wife says, okay, yeah, we can put those in. We're going to shut your electricity off for three years until the power company can well, come. But D- Dave, the Dave, the good thing is, is we've got your wife on the case, right? And she makes enough money yeah. that I don't have to deal with crap. That's good. All right. <laughs> Over trees. Hey, Dave, I got to run because we got to talk to Zoltan. <laughs> right. Take care, buddy. All right, bud. Bye-bye. So wrong. Got a hearing aid. He can hear you. I don't. No, I, he he could not. That's why I'm. I I, I don't want to scream in everybody else's ear. Mm-hmm. But it's the it's where it comes from back here. Yeah. So deep. if I yeah deep, deep. you got to yeah. come at it's a certain, yeah. certain frequency on the aid. Oh my gosh, ridiculous! I already messed up with the legs earlier. I don't want to mess up with the hearing aid too. Ears, ears, legs. That shows always makes fun of too. Uh, Zoltan Bathory. He is uh, one of the founding members of Five Finger Death Punch. He's their rhythm guitarist. If you want to know exactly who he is. Uh, he's a great dude. He's got an amazing background. And uh, he's coming on here. I, I actually talked to him yesterday for the Odyssey check-in, which uh, is pretty cool. This company uh, allows me to do this, which is way cool because it goes across the country on all of uh, the different rock station platforms and stuff. But it's not so much going on tour with Metallica and Five Finger Death Punch, it's all about Call of Duty, which comes out today, and he is a playable character. So we're going to have a nice long conversation about Call of Duty, Torn with Metallica, Metal, Rock and Roll, his wife, and more here next. Welcome back. It's the BS. My name's Jason Bailey. There's Nikki D. There is Nelson, our guest, guitarist, founding member, Five Finger Death Punch. We'll talk the tour with Metallica coming up as well. Uh, but 
It's one thing to be a rock star. That's cool. Don't get me wrong. But to be in the next Call of Duty, which comes out today, where you're a playable character, Zoltan uh, Bathory, that's next level stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very surreal, actually. You know, yeah. until until it happens, you don't realize how big this actually is. You know, how many people play video games, especially this is the most successful, you know, first shooter game in the world. So this is a massive, massive franchise, and you you don't know it until you're in it. Like, holy cow, this is you know. I mean, obviously, we live the life already. We you know we play in front of a lot of people touring the world, so. I'm, this is not new to me to you know yeah. to have that much attention on us, but but man, this is it's surprisingly huge. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say surprising; like it's not surprising, but you it's, know. A, it's a it's a multi-billion-dollar industry. I mean, you and I uh, are about the same age, so we kind of grew up in the pioneer uh, generation of of video games, and we you right. know we saw the evolution of them being just these sixteen-bit games into you know, right. 4K, 8K movies now, like what Call of Duty is. And like the trailer for this upcoming Call of Duty Warfare 2 and Call of Duty War uh, Zone Season 5, it it looks better than some of the movies that I've seen lately. Oh, and it's getting better and better. Beyond that, actually, it's, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we started with Tetris and, you know, what, Pac-Man. And, <laughs> and, Exci- you know, Excite when, Bike. When, <laughs> right? When Street Fighter came out, that was like, oh, my God, look at this thing, right? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were there. I like used to, evolution. As a kid, I used to spend hours playing Kung Fu Master in the Pittsburgh airport. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to hit those uh, planners that would fall on you and high kick those planners. So, uh, I'm, a, I'm assuming you were a fan of Call of Duty before, but... How does this happen? I mean, how how do you get picked? I mean, there's some things that I don't know if people know about you as far as how much of a badass you real are, are in real life. But uh, did that have anything to do with it and your martial arts background, or is it somebody you know, or what? Yeah, so it's a combination of, of those things. Obviously, you know, Call of Duty can pick wh- whoever, and do they really need me? You know, and it's it's, it's like it's a, so it's a little bit of a luck. It's a little bit of being right time, right place, and 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 a background. So it's a combination of some total of like everything in life. You know, you get to a point. Well, you got to a point for a reason. Mm. You know, like there's a crossroad. You arrive to the crossroad because you were traveling that path, right? Yeah. So so it's a combination of, of of all those things. So uh, Call of Duty has a, 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 an Pun intended, the army of military advisors, you know, when they do this photo shoot, they build these these uh, characters, you know, there are military special operators, former special operators to advisors, everybody's there to, to, you know, to make sure that the characters are accurate, the weaponry is accurate, the, the equipment is accurate, right? And so... I was friends with some of these guys. I met some of them in overseas, you know, in, in Iraq. Some of them are, are just my friends, you know. So it's I, I move around in that world to begin with, you know. And there is this uh, this company called Tech Gas that are dear friend of mine. All those guys and and so some of them were already in Call of Duty as operators, oh. right? And so yeah, so I was I was moving in the circles to begin with, and you know this conversation came up many times as, uh, first as, as a joke like man you drive monster truck i have some videos fighting a fighter jet you know um you're a martial artist i still you know as you know i still compete uh, in, in jiu-jitsu so you know both judo jiu-jitsu black belt i got second in the nationals in yeah. master black belt masters division so I'm, I'm doing my stuff right plus the you know obviously the band 
And so people are like, man, you're like, <laughs> your 24 hours is insane. Uh, the things you do, and you should be a video game character, right? And it was sort of like a running joke. Uh-huh. And then, then one day, like, well, probably you should be for real, you know? <laughs> and so somehow this developed into this conversation. I ended up getting invited to some of these, these photo shoots. And um, it kind of developed from them there. But it's a very secretive process. Like this is, I had to keep it under the wrap uh-huh. for about a year. Like even my band members didn't know. Now, not not until a week ago. Wow! Like it's oh yeah, they're man. This they, this operation, Call of Duty. I mean, they're super secretive. Nothing leaks. Now it's really rare that you catch some news before it happens, unless they wanted you to catch it. They're super secretive, and it's a massive operation and very sophisticated and incredible team of people. Before this character even would happen uh-huh. you know i had to go to all these different locations different equipment different photo shoots you know in the desert and in the mountains of utah and i mean all over right and then video captures video shoots so they can see your motion and then if they like what they see from various characters then they pick one and then that person will be get scanned in so then you go to the spaceship that's the that's their, their secret location. When you walk in, you know, it's super secure. You would not know that it's where it is. and It's there. And when you walk in there, there's these giant globes of, you know, like looks like a time machine. You're right. sitting inside with a thousand camera and then they're scanning your body, your facial motions. And, you know, wow. and that's just the first phase. From there, it goes to <laughs> the digital team that will build a character. So it's another, you know, it's insane creative team that will make this happen. So, you know, like, look, my band and what we do like it's a big operation we're on the road with you know like 10 buses eight trucks whatever you know and have 200 people on, on with, with us right so i'm not you know it's not new to me to run with a massive operation but man, when i was looking at it, like holy cow but what's more you know, secretive so then what's more secretive the weeks and months before release of a five finger death punch album making sure none of the tracks get leaked to the internet or the process that you went went through to be a playable character on Call of Duty. Oh, 100% Call of Duty. And it's <laughs> yeah, oh, 100%. Oh yeah. Like my management didn't know a week ago. Like I had to be like, you know, like they were like, man, if this leaks, you know. So yeah. what did you tell the band? Like I'm sure that in this no, past I not. Yeah, but this no, past year there had to have been things where you had to be a part of, especially getting ready to go out on tour with Metallica. You're going I just can't show up, guys. They pr- they probably thought that you had like some secret life. No, I mean, you know, they they already used to that anyway. Oh. You know what I mean? Like I'm zipping around the world, so it's, it would be not surprising that oh. that I'm wherever they pop up in Japan or Abu Dhabi or whatever. You know, it's 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 completely normal. So I'm I'm doing that anyway. Oh. So so it's and if if they if they would have saw me running around with military equipment and you know <laughs> or, or flying a jet or whatever, that's also things that I already do anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I go to these tactical trainings, I go to you know combat driving when we combat drive, we drive and, uh-huh. and knock each other off the road. So basically simulated car chases and all that so i do those trainings anyway those are you know yeah. or military combative training like I, I i trained that as well macp this is a modern army combative program so i was part of that i have a certification that's run by the army you know so i do these things anyway so yeah. if it slipped it would be a, a surprise but it didn't yeah. like i mean i had to be like tight lip couldn't say a, a thing about it you know and and the second part is the platform when you when you make an album right the music can be slipped and we all have equipment to play that music 
on. You know, a song sleeps out and you can play it on your phone or whatever, right? Yeah. The computer, you can, but a game cannot really sleep because it has to, the whole game has to be finished. The only thing that could sleep is maybe a picture or two, if, you know. But no, I mean, like, and it's, you know, look, it's, it's, it's so huge. I mean, I was super careful because it's super exciting. I mean, think about it. I went through life trying to check little green boxes of, yeah. check i did that check i did that like the things i wanted to do in life i right. have this bucket list right this was far out you know <laughs> but when, you know what i mean but like it's a cool really check that. that's a cool box to check so the, right. w- within the the call of duty there's other playable characters tell me if i'm wrong here uh the burger king he's going to be in it right you can play him is that right uh i don't even know i don't know <laughs> snoop dog i think Mike. it yeah something like that yes yeah, snoop was in it before uh nikki me is is coming out shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, that I don't know. And, and also I heard um, this Heather character can also be a playable character. Right. <laughs> Do we know anything about this Heather Gracie character? Right. Do we know anything about her? Yeah. So so she was in season four. She's going to be in season five as well. So she, so so my, my, my girl basically, you know, she's also a jiu-jitsu fighter. She's a, you know, She's part of the Gracie family, so you know she's Carlos Gracie's granddaughter. So she has the the DNA, you know, she's the bloodline of, yeah. of, of Jiu Jitsu. So and you know she is obviously they are together for a reason. She has a similar life. She flies airplanes. The only thing we argue about who's going to fly the plane, really, <laughs> you know. And so she has a similar lifestyle, and 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 so she was in. We went to these shoots together, you know, with these video shoots and scans, and she was in a. The, she came out first, so she was in the. Um, the season four as Anna Vega, that mm. was her character name, and it's still in. You can get the skin and run around, and that looks like her. And, you know, so I don't know. It's going to be an interesting thing. I think we're gonna we can. This is how we're gonna decide who takes out the garbage. Now. <laughs> you know, we log on both, and you know, and let's go. That's what I was gonna say. It's <laughs> like who? If you're like you, you can't play you if you're playing with her. You have to play her because that's the ultimate putover, right? For right. for for a couple, you've. Like, oh, I no, mean, honey, I'll be you. You can be me if you want. But if not, you can be Shredder. That's fine. Imagine that conversation in public. I'm mad at you. You shot me. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> I can't believe your I mean, friend in, video, in Japan in shot game, me. In a video game. Yeah, really. In a video game, right? I have to be very careful that the context is in the video game. But, yeah, this is, this is, this is going to be a lot of, a lot of fun going to happen. I think we can do a lot of funny videos about this her and i you know going at it probably we should be on the same team that's yeah. that's just the way we can I, you know that's how you, <laughs> deal with this. That's how you save a relationship there so right be on the same team right 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 so or could, I just keep taking out the garbage i don't know could, could you imagine though 16 years ago and i say 16 years ago and i know you know why because that was the debut album uh four or five finger death punch uh the way of the fist and the bleeding which is the song that kind of puts you on the map as far as mainstream goes 16 years later, all these things that you've accomplished, you know, and now being in the video, you know, like for some people, this video game thing, they're like, oh, well, why is that such a big deal? It's a multi-billion dollar industry. It's the coolest thing ever. You should understand how big that is. But you're uh, part of a very select few as far as the metal world goes. I mean, it's like you and Metallica as far as most albums sold like in the past two decades. Did you ever imagine that you and Five Finger would be at this level 16 years later? There's a double answer to that, you know, because because when you dream of things, you should not limit yourself. You, you you know, dreaming things and thinking what you wanted to do and and setting goals, 
the only person can limit you is yourself, obviously, right? And it's it's kind of like the same thing with with like with a fight when I go and do a let's say a, a competition, right? If I lost the fight in my head, if I don't think I can win it, then I will not. Mm. You know, it's one of those things you lose it in your head, and um, and this is the same thing with any career that you you're going after. If you if you if you if your dreams are not insane, they're not big enough, right? So it's it's just part of that process. So you have to dream of insanely huge things. You have to set goals that are from your current state seems unachievable, mm-hmm. you know, because because it's it's more like not how far you can go. It's who's going to stop you. It's really that's the game, you know. And and so I always had that attitude. I mean, because I was a martial artist since I was a little kid, nine years old, and I started judo. And you know, it changes the way you see the world. Um, you don't look at obstacles as obstacles. You look at them as challenges. Like it just becomes natural. Like, oh, I can beat this situation. And then you do it long enough. It doesn't even occur to me that something is impossible. In fact, you tell me like, this is not possible is when I get, all right, then let's get my sleeves up because now I am interested. In a second, you told me it can't be done. That's when you got my attention. You know, so, so, so I can say that I didn't dreamt of it. The, the, the dreams are, are, uh, the, the wish list and the bucket list is, you know, I still want to be an astronaut. There will be a day when you and I will talk about this when I already am, you know, with space tourism, it's possible, right? right? Sure. So, you know, so I can set these, these seemingly ridiculous dreams because coming to America and doing what I'm doing from low Hungary, when I didn't speak English, we didn't have passwords, we couldn't go to the West, was already a ridiculous dream. But I checked market. And I did a lot of those in life where, where I learned that I trained my mind basically with this, that, that there's nothing really impossible, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just have to, I just have to focus. I just have to believe and just go after it. Right. So, so when it comes to this, what, where we are today, I, I can't say that I didn't dreamt of it. Mm-hmm. It's surreal. I'm, in one way, I'm, I'm blessed, obviously, but also I worked really hard for it, you know? Yeah. And you should be proud of that, right? So there's that other level, too, where, you know, you dreamt it, you uh, visualized it, as a lot of athletes will do, right. and mm-hmm. you finally get it, and it's not like you take it for granted, but there's a feeling of satisfaction and accomplishment. You know, to, to, to have a band, especially in the metal genre, do what Five Finger Death Punch has done after almost two decades in this day and age is very, very difficult. I don't think people understand how difficult it is to do the things that you guys have done in that band. It's tough. Right. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is absolutely. But as I said, it's it's that what you see on the surface and what, what people think this is, or and not just my, my band, any other band that became successful, what people think. And, you know, if you, if you read the low online keyboard warriors and what they, you know, they, they're extremely misguided of how this happens and, mm-hmm. and what really happens, you know, it's in fact, it's so difficult that, you know, especially this genre, people who are complete idiots just will not make it. It's not possible. You know, it's just not possible. Like you, you really have to know what you're doing. You have to avoid all the landmines. You have to, it's not one big break. It's not one big decision. It's not like accidentally, you know, MTV liked your music video, put it online or put it on a, on, on, on the program and you just blow up. That mm. era is gone. Right. You know, so you have to really navigate and build this brick by brick 
and and attend to it and yeah so building the career today is very very difficult um a lot of discipline a lot of focus i would i would i would like to think too zoltan that it's kind of gone back to a day and age which i can appreciate that where bands like five finger death punch get their their following by their stage performance and their fans when they meet them and you guys have always i know that for a fact been good like that um and so you know, you build that following because you don't have the MTV, right, so much anymore. You don't have that kind of push that the, the 80s and the and the 90s bands had. So you do that, and then you end up where you guys are about to end up, out on the road with Metallica. Which, by the way, let me say this. This tour with Metallica coming up is kind of wonky. Like, you guys are on some, Pantera's on some, uh, Wolfgang's on some. It, it, I hope you check your Google calendar often because I couldn't figure out when, <laughs> what all dates you guys were on this tour, but that's exciting. I mean, they're, they're the goats, right. Uh, of the, of the genre, right. you know, so that's exciting to be out there with them. Yeah. So, so when it comes to the calendar, so that part of the story, basically what we picked uh, it's easy for us because they do a double date, right? So they have a weekend, they play two shows, mm. uh, Metallica, and um, we are always on the second date. Right. So so if you look at the calendar that way, so any any weekend and double day, if it's Saturday, Sunday, then we'll be on Sunday. It's Friday, Saturday, then we'll be on, you know, always on the second day, mm-hmm. always direct support. So our spot, even though it looks confusing, our spot is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The the second show of every weekend, second day, direct support. So that's always our spot. Europe obviously was, you know, the thing just changed because Ivan had his uh, hernia surgery unexpected so we had to step out but that schedule would have been the same so so at, at least for us it's not so confusing mm. um you know definitely going to be a challenge in a way where this the stage is a very unusual stage it's a circle yeah so there are people in front of you there are people behind you and you have a you know as a band you have a habit of motion mm. and how you project toward the audience and now that's and have to be recalculated, so it's a little bit of a challenge. But I, as I just said, I like challenges. So <laughs> check, <laughs> that's, that's fine. Check, check, <laughs> circle but, stage, yeah. check. <laughs> but yeah, right, M- middle of the stadium, absolutely. But you know, but that's uh, that's just uh, you know, that's just the name of the game. But as as you said, this is this is absolutely huge. I mean, these days we don't really open for anybody, but right. but this is this is different. This is metallic. I mean, what are you gonna say? Really. When Metallica comes a calling, you answer. You answer. You get there. So, yeah. we will uh, air for you. Hope you're enjoying the Zoltan Bathory conversation. Guitarist, founding member of Five Finger Death Punch. It's odd to have him on to not talk about so much Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> or the tour with Metallica. I mean, I know we are, of course, but it's really the whole setup is Call of Duty. Right. So, we will uh, do part two of that conversation when we return, the full-length conversation, the video version, is on our YouTube channel, so you can do that. But when we get back, we'll do part two of the conversation with Zoltan uh, and uh, start off talking about some of these bands that, and I don't know which ones or if it even happens, pushes them to be even more energized when they get up on stage. So we'll do that here when we return. Hang on. Welcome back. It's the BS. Thanks for listening. My name's Jason Bailey. There's Nikki D. There is Nelson. Still having this conversation with founding member and guitarist of Five Finger Death Punch, Zoltan Bathory. 
Also a playable character on the new Call of Duty, which is out today. I think that might be bigger than being a rock star, as we've been discussing. Uh, But Zoltan, is there any band, because you are going out on the road with Metallica, that you've been on the bill with that pushed you uh, to the next level where you just were uh, next level energized because they were so damn good? Right. But I have plenty, actually plenty. That happens pretty often, actually. When you see a band, you know, um, that's the initial re- reaction. I'm, I'm speaking for the whole band, actually, not just myself, because my reaction when I see something, something great, something amazing, it inspires me immediately. Like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. If somebody's better at something, it gives me an option like, OK, now the, the, it's this, this, you know, the level was moved up. Mm-hmm. Now it's here. I have to hit that, right? So that's kind of how life works. If if you, you know, that's that's how you accelerate your evolution. You have to see examples. Somebody that did something better than you or somebody's really good at something. That's accelerate your evolution. You, there are two choices, right? It's either inspire you to get better or you get jealous and mad. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who gets inspired, right? So so when I see a band that really, you know, really puts it down, that, that, that day we're going to go harder for sure even more and and if i have the other bands standing on the side stage guests absolutely that means because that's your peers you know it 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 inspires and it kind of pushes us like no 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 we're gonna not it's not gonna be a lazy day it doesn't matter it's 110 120 degrees out there we're gonna go full force regardless right so throughout the career it happened happens all the time i mean like you may imagine rob halford used to stand on side stage singing every song or back in the days we tra- we tra- uh, uh, toured a lot with uh, Helia, right? Vinnie would, and even if we weren't on tour, Vinnie, Vinnie Paul would come out to a lot of our shows. He knew the songs, singing them, you know, it's like, you know, you look, look at the side stage and Vinnie Paul standing there dancing around singing the songs. It's like, man, you, this is the stuff we grew up and we gotta make sure that this is <laughs> make him proud, you know? Yeah. And yeah, Vinnie, Vinnie used to wear shirts or jerseys, pop out to any random shows. He would, you know, he was a real fan of metal. Same with, with Rob Halford. Rob Halford loves heavy metal. And we were on tour with them. He didn't have to come on stage, but he was there every day. Wow. Every day, every single day, he would be standing there. And Ivan and, and Rob are really close. Ivan got a lot of help from, from Rob Halford when he was trying to get sober. Rob Halford is sober for decades, you yeah. know? So so that was one of the person I even could call when he was on the path of becoming, or path of sobriety. So, but you know, like I, I love Killswitch Engage. We, we played a lot with Killswitch Engage, right? And uh, the Rammstein, when you see that, you go, oh my God, like we, have some work, <laughs> we have some work to do. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah, absolutely. When I see these, these bands, you know, it's, we, we play that much harder. We put so much more effort in it because they dead. These are, you know, friendly competition. Were you ever lucky enough to uh, get fed by, by Vinny and one of his uh, famous uh, grill outs? Yes. Yeah. Um, it, actually, that, that happened almost every day on tour. Yeah. He's, he had a, a specialty. He had a, a dish he called five-finger dead chili. <laughs> this was his. I'm not, it's the real thing. So it was a five-finger dead chili. And then, you know, it would be really funny. He would be like, oh, come on, boys. Let's get that five-finger dead chili. You know, and he would cook, you know, chili. And some of the guys would go over to his house. Like, we were very close with Vinny. Yeah, he is. I've heard some uh, – I'm friends with Kyle and Hell Yeah and uh, some of, uh, like, their merch guy, Luke, and stuff. And I'd hear – I've heard stories of just the – 
Like if you, you know, it's funny because the fans they see you guys in a in a certain light. They see you on stage. Like they would look at you and judge you. Crazy guy, crazy hair. He's rocking his sweat and banging his head. Hard music. Blah blah. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. That guy's a nut job. He wears snakes. Oh my god. Zombie. Just a, a crazy man. These are the sweetest guys in the world. The most educated, most intelligent, most articulate men I've ever <laughs> spoken to in my life uh, are all the hardest rockers that have ever existed. Rob Halford is, a, I mean, that I couldn't get him off the phone numerous times. He would call randomly in one of right. my old radio shows. Just the nicest, sweetest man ever. You know, that's. That's funny because because actually we also joke about this. You know, like we had sometimes. I remember Ivan and Rob Rob Zombie was having a conversation, right? And they were talking about something um, to the effect of like, man, if the fans would know what we're talking about right now, yeah. you know, like I, I I had moments of you know, you're hundred percent right. People would think like, oh, these guys are on stage, hair flying and raw, you know. And then I had a I had a moment. This was actually a pretty re- real thing. I used to work in the space industry before the band. You know, I was a consulting. I was a consultant to private space companies while we were on tour, right? So so the first two records I kept the job because I didn't have to be in in Texas where the, the, these companies are, and so I would just get on the phone where I do the, the work online and then you know send it to them, and. Um, there was a moment running off stage because I had a phone conversation that uh, was connected to the space station. So I was on a conference call with one of the astronauts on a space station, right? And so we are on a bus and, you know, monkey show people throwing bananas at each other and flung, hanging from the chandelier. And I started yelling, guys, shut them up because I can't hear a word and the space station is like 10 minutes and it's out of range. And like everybody looked at me like, what? <laughs> but like it was a real thing. So yeah, so the, so people would you know they they just don't know like it's it, we look like some crazy hairy you know guys jumping at the you know on stage. Everybody in the band has some other ventures and some yeah. some stuff that you know the public doesn't know about. Zoltan, I got to tell you, I've been doing this for almost thirty years. That's the best rock and roll story I've ever heard. <laughs> I kid you not. I, that's the best rocket. A, a, rock, a rock star had a phone call with a space station and told other rock stars to shut up. I mean, really, that's pretty damn right. cool. That's yeah. uh, pretty damn cool. Um, I got to let you go, unfortunately. I actually want you to come over and have dinner so we can talk more because you're such Let's a do it. great dude. <laughs> and I love Five Finger Death Punch. And I'm so happy you guys are going to kick ass out there with Metallica. Uh, that's going to be a hell of a tour. Call of Duty, of course, Modern Warfare 2. Call of Duty Warzone Season 5. Uh, you can play Zoltan as a playable character. Uh, but you're, this is what I want to leave you. I got one last question because I'm curious about this. You, you are so high up with your discipline in martial arts. I mean, black belt, both jujitsu, judo, you, you, you compete, so on and so forth. You got to. You're part of the Gracie family. I think that's like a prerequisite. When is the last time? you actually got into a street fight where somebody didn't know who you are or what you were capable of and you couldn't contain it or stop it. I I was maybe a kid, like in my teenage years. And yeah, I, I was a teenager. It's, it, one of the, the key elements of martial arts is, you know, obviously, and combatives is, is situational awareness. Don't be where you shouldn't be. You know, that's rule number one. 
Rule number two, avoid the fight at any cost. There's no, you know, especially street fights, no rules, no winners. Mm. Everybody loses in a street fight. It's really rare that you're going to get away with something. Even if you if you won, sort of, right, and you hurt somebody, there will be real-life consequences, especially today. There's a camera somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. So, so nobody really wins a street fight, street fight. And number one is situational awareness. You really have to watch your surrounding and just don't be where there is something. Second, you can communicate. Get, don't fight. Try to figure out. That's a skill. That's a martial arts skill, mm-hmm. you know, of getting yourself verbally out of the fight, creating the distance, de-escalating, right? So, you know, obviously this is what I study and mm. teach, you know? So so that's the whole idea that avoid it. I have the skill set. So if I if I had to fight, I have the skill set and to, to do so. But that's last resort. I, I like fighting the way I fight in mm. a controlled environment where people can tap out, people can signal that, okay, you won, or I can like, okay, you got me. Right, so it's, it's friendly, and you know, there are some injuries here and there. When you compete, it's a competition, but but it's pretty safe. And there's a referee and there's a medical team if you need it, mm-hmm. right? And I prefer to keep it there, and I love it. I enjoy it. I like fighting. When I walk on a mat, I'm actually probably the calmest state in my mind. You know, when while I'm fighting, because you can't think about, oh, did I close the garage door? Did I leave the stove on? Uh, did I pay my, you know, whatever bill? Because mm-hmm. you can't think of those things while you're fighting, mm-hmm. right? So your mind is actually at peace. The world falls away because there's you and this other guy, and you have to, you know, you have to solve the situation. You know, if you so, and, if you and your wife get into an argument, do you just like Heather go, "Hey, let's just go roll around and let me beat your ass for a little bit"? Is right, that, right, right. Is that how that works? Well, well, same thing. Situational awareness. <laughs> you avoid. Yeah, I'm I'm good at this. You avoid the fight. It's it it works at home in domestic relationships, man. Situational awareness. You see, she's cranky. Go get ice cream. <laughs> Bring a bucket of ice cream, man. You know what to do. You're just not doing. It. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm a smart man. I, I look. We are together for nine years. I mean, I don't think we had a serious argument just yet. That's good. Because why would I? You know, she's the same way. She's a martial artist. Like, what? Why, why? If you can't work it out, you know, what I mean, there's no reason to to escalate. It's a lot of anything, ice cream. Actually, it's a lot of ice yeah. cream, Zoldan. A lot of ice yeah. cream. Yeah, I mean, you know, but she's she's a funny character though. Like the first, the first, the first year we were together, and I asked her what she wanted for her birthday. She wanted a knife. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you gotta be together for a long time. <laughs> My wife, our first Valentine's Day, bought me a Caltech Sub 2000 out of a stranger's car in the Target parking lot. And she's still around, right? Still around, 10 years later. That's, yeah. that's what I mean. That's why you just know, like, yep, that's my woman right there. But yes, same thing applies. Situation awareness, man. You see it coming. Yeah. You know, you see it coming. So just avoid it. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason. The only, the only way I fight you, if I had no choice. Right. I will, I will exhaust every possibility to avoid a fight but when you that line is crossed when i see that there is no way out then just understand then we're gonna go now and there will be no tapping out there will be no mercy because the second place in the fight is a bad place to be you know you don't want to be second in a war you don't want to be second in a in any kind of street fight and you don't know what happens A, a, a 15 years old kid can knock you out yeah right yeah. By, by chance, by just hitting you in the right spot, you know what I mean. So this, 
you can be a 250 pounds, you know, zero percent body fat juggernaut, and you can get knocked out yeah. easily. Just yeah. right spot, right speed, right. You know, so you have to be, you know, you have to understand that. You respect the opponent, you know, regardless that I'm going to commit a lot of disrespect right now, but respect that it can happen to you. So that's kind of my my idea on that. Like that's that's the rule as a martial artist: avoid at all costs. But once there is no way to avoid it, then now we now it's on. Now this is a full force of you know decades of martial arts coming at you. With your permission, if I ever get in that kind of trouble, which I hope I don't, if I can just say I'm friends with Zoltan, that uh, yeah, I would appreciate that. <laughs> it. Usually works. <laughs> all right, brother. So, hey, man. Hey man, go to callofduty.com. You know, the scary guy on the front page, that's him. That's He's him. Coming at you. That's his wife, and he knows the Burger King, too. Right. <laughs> you know, and if he's, if he's not coming at you in real life, he'll find you in Call of Duty. So right. Exactly. No matter where you're at, another. he's going to find you. He's going to find you. You can't hide. No, there it is. I don't think I've ever talked with somebody on a video game before. It's kind of neat. Very neat. Is that neater than talking to somebody that's in one of the biggest metal bands? I think mm. it's kind of 50-50 because they have a lot of new uh, actors and things like that in video games, too. So I think it's the new way of the world. If, if you've never seen what Zoltan Bathory, who we just spoke to, and that, by the way, is a conversation that uh, I had for the Odyssey check-in, uh, which you can get on the Odyssey app. Uh, the full conversation, the video and all, is uh, on The Bailey Show at the Bailey Show on YouTube, that dude's just cool looking. He yes. is, <laughs> but but you know when you see him, you're like, don't mess with this guy. Mm-hmm. Not at all, and definitely don't mess with his wife. Oh right, he's part of the Gracie family. I mean, he like, has cool hair. How intimidating is that? How intimidating is it to like start dating her? Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm gonna bring you home to my family. Who is it? Oh no, okay. Oh, uh-huh. Well, heads up, I'm pretty good at that, too, but maybe not as good, right? <laughs> right. All right, uh, fourth and final round, uh, by, by Call of Duty, and if you do, play uh, Zoltan Bath, uh, Bathory. That's pretty cool. All right, fourth and final round of headlines, what do you got? I want to tell you how Folsom is fighting fentanyl and why a man spent 16000 to be a dog. All right, get you all that here in just a minute. Eh? Stand by for news. News, 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 news. It's time for today's top two. Fourth and final round of headlines brought to us by Good Guys Heating and Air. GoodGuysHeatingCooling.com. Best price, best service. That is guaranteed. No BS, Nikki D. No BS. No BS indeed. Drug dealers are being hit with murder charges. H7. We never prosecute a case just to send a message to the community. We prosecute a case because it's the right thing to do under the circumstances of those case. that case. According to ABC 10, Folsom Fire responded to a woman who was unresponsive and she later was pronounced dead, 24 years old. Well, the city has now gone after the drug dealer who sold this woman the drugs that killed her, which was fentanyl. 44-year-old Ronald Eman of Rancho Cordova was arrested and is being charged with her death. It's only fentanyl, though. This is what I said earlier, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what was the, uh, what were we talking about when I... Um, the three things that you feel like law should change for it to be felonies. And oh, because said, of the Carly. Yeah, Carly Russell. The Alabama girl. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go, if you if you fake a kidnapping, mm-hmm. that's a felony. If you fake a rape, that's a felony. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, uh, if, if you sell drugs, any drug. And the person dies. And the person dies and they can confirm after an autopsy 
that it was the drug you sold them, mm-hmm. that's a felony. And it should be across the board. Right now, it looks like certain states and counties are picking this up as a law. But I think it should be across the board, every state, every county. But it's just like the, the fentanyl is the big epidemic, right? Yes. Because it's killing people very fast. Where's it coming from? I mean, there are there are cartels that are moving it in, but people are getting. It is a prescribed drug. I mean, it is used. It's not like it's not used, but it's usually in the form of a patch. For what? What is it used for? It's a painkiller. It's an opioid painkiller. Ah. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the doctor and they would give you this patch and you mm-hmm. can put it on. Because I've seen fentanyl patches before. Why don't? Why have they never given me one of those for my back? I know a guy. He can sell you one. You, you, you just, it's not in a patch form, but you can put tape over it. No, I don't uh-huh. want to do that. <laughs> got a, got a, actually, I'm sorry. Nelson knows a guy. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of wrap it around your tongue. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, thank you. It's it's the uh, makeshift home fentanyl patch. So what if they break whatever that is down to make it into this like pill or powder form that now when you touch it, it'll kill you? Um, they have pills of it as well. They have the powder itself. The cartel is the cartels are the ones that are getting it in like bulk and getting pills of it, and it comes in any form that any normal drug would. Come. Where do they get it? I would assume that they get it from. Their own manufacturing, like they're making it. Yeah, like, like you who's can, making it? Like, where's it? That's what I'm asking. You know, we can kind of pinpoint where certain drugs come from, right? You know, small town America, you're getting meth from a trailer. Sure, that's <laughs> who's making it, right? You know, coke. We know the whole story behind that in the '80s. I know? think it's coming up through some of the similar channels as the cocaine is, because they already have the chemists in place. Cartels do. Cartels have chemists. Their own chemists. Yeah. That like, make drugs. These guys that are taking the fentanyl, the problem with the fentanyl now is that it's the not the cartels that are doing it. It's the guys in the states that are getting a hold of fentanyl and adding it to other things, and they have no idea what they're doing. That's bad business. If you're a drug dealer and you're killing off yeah. the people using the drugs, your roster, I mean, that's just dumb. Very dumb. You know, like just to fluff the drug, because mm-hmm. that's right. That's what they're doing, right? Yeah. Trying to make it stretch. Is, is, yeah. the, is the equivalent of. Back in the eighties or yeah, eighties adding oregano to your dime bag or your yes. your was it weed. Uh, your weed bag, <laughs> whatever it was called at the time. And you're like, God, it smells like oregano. Or adding uh baking soda to the Coke. Yes. Okay. So that But isn't that how you make Coke with baking soda? No, baking soda baking soda is just something that you can sniff and then you won't notice that it's there. Oh. And you use baking soda to rock it up. But now they're adding fentanyl to fluff and that kills you. There's yes. a Remember that story? I bring it up every once in a while, and I think you you always say, yeah, or you remember it as well. The cop that, and I forget where it was, but the cop that opened up the trunk of a car, it was he was pulling somebody over for whatever. He opens up the car, the back in the trunk, there's fentanyl. Mm-hmm. He sniffs the fentanyl. He's not, like, snorting it, but he just opens up the trunk, and he dies. And he dies. Yeah. I do remember that story. And I've heard several similar stories of people dying from just touching it. So in my head, you know, not being the big drug guy, <laughs> I'm thinking if I walk by somebody that's got fentanyl on them, I'm going to die. <laughs> right. It's just the smell of it. Right. I think it had to be. It has to be a lot though for that to happen, oh, right, Nelson? No, I mean one milligram. One milligram of fentanyl is as potent as a hundred milligrams of uh, morphine. So how is everybody not dying that comes in contact with it? And I how guess come, that's what I'm confused how about. How come we weren't using this in the war on terror? Exactly. Just, just dropping bags of it. Yeah, just dropping bags of fentanyl. Boom, gotcha. You know, and you have it fluff out in the sky, and they got to uh-huh. sniff it, and they all done. They're done. You know. All right. Well, good for them, Folsom, for doing that. Second story.
A Japanese man took his fetish to a strange level. H8. We all have strange dreams. I had strange dreams of being a space pirate. My brother wanted to be Santa Claus. But this Japanese man in uh, Japan uh, has a strange dream of just becoming a, a dog. A Japanese man who's going by the name of Toko has grown his YouTube page over the year to 31,000 subscribers. And the reason why is because he's had this, um, he said, longing since he was a child to be a dog. So he paid this company $16,000 to make him into a collie. So they did him this high-tech uh, collie costume. And so now it's in the news and blowing up because he's gone on his first public walk <laughs> so all the videos that have been up there the past year he's just in the house rolling around doing what he calls dog tricks but it's just a man in a dog suit and he says he doesn't want to public publicly come out uh, with who he really is because he doesn't want his friends and his family and his co-workers to think he's weird Oh, oh yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah. If you got thirty-one thousand people following, <laughs> you're is weird. That, is that what I was talking about the other day with that kid I saw them all? Kind of, yeah. Same but, thing. But this is a little more intense. Yeah, this man went all the way. He's in a yeah. full collie costume, and if you just glance at it, you would think it was a dog. I think these people with these struggles upstairs, mm-hmm. uh, they're the type of people that can't differentiate between a job and a hobby. Right. You know, it's like uh, that movie uh, Heartbreak Kid with Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah. Where his wife, you know, she's like, I'm a biologist or whatever it is. <laughs> and then he finds out after he marries her that she's a volunteer. Uh-huh. That's not that's that's a hobby. <laughs> you know, it's, you get paid for a job. You're not getting paid for this. No. This guy, you know, like, OK, that's cool. You grew up probably loving dogs. You're like, I'd always like to be a dog. You got into the conversation <laughs> drunk at the party. <laughs> If you could come back as something, what would you come back at? I was come back as a dog. Mm-hmm. That's a hobby conversation. He that's what he calls it. He says it's his hobby, so he puts on this costume. But and now it's a job. I guess because it's on YouTube and he has all the followers and he's doing public walks. Yeah, I want I want to know who the person is that's walking because it was it's a lady. I'm like, so she has to know who he is. I'm obsessed at this point with knowing him. Like I want to see his name and his face, and I want to know who he is. Oh, well, he wins then. Because that's that's what he's looking for, or the, or the other thing they're just looking for attention, right? You know, which totally attention. Kind of tend to think that that's the case. Like when my daughter told me about the kids that are dressing up as animals and the schools are catering to it, like they're putting litter boxes and stuff. I'm like, come on now, like there has to be a point in time where we just say, bring back bullying a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, know. it's not a it's not a great take, but like, I mean, if if you if you need to talk to somebody, let's talk to somebody. But there's got to be rules. There's got to be kind of levels of where we just kind of cut it off. Where we stop. Right. It's a little silly. It's a lot silly. It's a lot silly. What kind of dog is he? He's a collie. He's like a collie. Lassie. Oh, That's like what Lassie. He looks like. Oh, didn't Lassie die at the end? Lassie did die, but <laughs> I mean, not in the show. Lassie died at some point. Yeah, I don't think she died in the show. Well, that's Bambi. That's no, a deer. That Bambi's mom dies early. You're thinking of old Yeller, maybe. Old Yeller or dies. Or Cujo. No, no, definitely not Cujo thinking of Cujo. <laughs> Lassie was uh, the kid falls in the well. Yeah, but you know what? That I don't think that that was ever actually uttered. Or I'm sorry, as Nikki would say, the kid fell in the good. Yeah. <laughs> I know a well. Thank you very much. Well, good. All right, last minute calls, comments, concerns, 916-909-0985. You can also get us on the text machine. Uh, at the same number, messaging data rates apply. Uh, we'll talk to you. If not, roll some credits and get out of here for a Wednesday. 
As always, we appreciate you listening. It's the BS. My name's Jason Bailey. There's Nikki D. There's Nelson. Still feeling it from earlier. You are? From the uh, lady, Monica. I knew that's what you were talking about. Yeah, and I I I never get embarrassed. Very rarely do I get embarrassed. I wasn't embarrassed. I don't know what I was. But uh, earlier in the show, this... uh, this uh, nice lady calls to play the game. Uh, you don't know Jeff. You mm-hmm. know we do on Wednesdays, and I, I said, I she didn't. I said, "How are you?" And she goes, "I'm okay." And instead of saying "great," you know, I thought that she would sound a little bit more upbeat and chipper. So I was trying to step in as try to be as positive as possible and give her an analogy, like things could be worse. Mm-hmm. You got it. I do right here. Right. Monica in Sacramento. Good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? Just okay? Not feeling good, huh? I'm uh, feeling okay. That's yeah. when, you know, halfway through. All right, get a little pep in that step, Monica. Things could be worse. You could have no legs. Actually, I do have only one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you doubled down. Pep in that step. You could have no legs. And like I said, I don't get embarrassed or even shaken by stuff like that, but it really bothered me. Like, how do you? how does one do that? How does one... It takes even, a skill set to be able to do that, which I, you have. I can't even say put your foot in your mouth because <laughs> everything that I say now is, is going to sound bad. Horrible. Yeah, it's going to sound horrible. And, and, and more to that conversation, you can always listen to our podcast, get it on the Odyssey app or thebaileyshow.com. But um, I, and this was the God's honest truth. The only reason I said that, because that wasn't the conversation. I was just trying to have some small talk with her before we played the game and did our gimmick. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> The only reason I said that, the only, and this is who I want to blame. <laughs> I think his name is Zion. And that's, You're right. That's who I'm going to blame. There, I was watching a clip. I love uh, America's Got Talent, right? And I, and I totally fall for all the sappy stories and the inspirational stuff. You know, as cheesy as you might think it is, mm-hmm. and NBC's gotten a lot better over the years with their production, but it always drove me insane, all of their shows like that. You would hear clapping, but never see anyone actually doing it. Mm-hmm. They've gotten better. So, uh, but AGTL, I like Simon Cowell. Like, I like everything there is about it. Uh, but I like the inspirational stories. I think the world needs more inspirational stories. That's why I repost a lot of them on my social media, uh, and I and I try to stay away from the negative stuff, right? Because it makes people happy and it makes people feel better. Anyway, there was uh, this clip of of AGT that I was watching on Facebook. Of this man, again, I believe his name is Zion, mm-hmm. and he had like the worst upbringing ever. He was uh, abandoned as a child. He was an orphan. He was put through the system, numerous houses. He was abused in every possible manner that there is, and he was going down a bad path. On top of all that, he was born with this extremely rare condition where he was born with no legs. literally a half a body came out Mm -hmm. and that's it. And so at, uh, he started to age out of the, the system Uh and then, you know, he was going to be just thrown out on the streets as an adult, just thrown out on the streets. This guy is going to be homeless. And I mean, that's hard to keep your mind in a positive way. Right. Right. So this woman comes out of nowhere and adopts him. And who he now refers to as his mother. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, like the line he said, he was, she was tough but fair, you know, very loving. And his entire life changed. He he became an athlete. He was a champion wrestler, which 
I'm assuming it's very difficult. You know, you look at people with disabilities or handicaps and stuff, and you're like, well, they must have a disadvantage. There are a lot of things that they actually have an advantage over because of it. Yeah, because he's lower to the ground. You know how difficult it is to grab a guy's legs if you're wrestling them if he has none? Right. (laughs) None. Zero. Very difficult, right? Impossible. I knew a guy in college who was a friend of ours that was, uh, I think he was born with a stub. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, so he had half an arm, but it was a stub uh, and he had no feeling in it. I watched this guy beat six people up just by twisting and turning. Sitting and with hitting the him with a stub. He looked like a He-Man figure. Yeah. Right? He just went boom, boom, because he had no feeling in it. I mean, he could put it through concrete if he wanted to. Women are into that too, by the way. Okay, Nelson. Thank you. <laughs> so this guy, this guy Zion, uh, he goes up for the judges and he explains his story, tells his story. And then he, uh, and then there's this pre-recorded thing of him talking about his life and positive. And he's got this obstacle course, like on stage. Mm-hmm. He's doing push-ups. He's doing flips. He holds like numerous world records. Blah blah. Anyway, that's the only reason I said that to Monica <laughs> was because that dude was still in my head. Well, I mean, that makes sense why you said it. It's, so it's just how would you know? I meant well. You did. You always mean that? well when you're talking mm-hmm. to listeners. I, I meant well. Yeah. But God. I don't know if I've ever put my foot in my mouth like that before. Almost 30 years of doing this. and Like, I'm pretty decent at, you can call me at any time, and within 60 seconds, nine out of ten times, I'm, I'll be spot on about who you are. Mm-hmm. It's you just, always say that. And it, you, this time you were, too. Yeah, you were, really. <laughs> yeah, <I didn't. laughs> you were, too. <laughs> this is the one time I don't want to be right. And I really wasn't right. It was an oopsie days. Well, and to your credit, you said she could have no legs. At least she's got one. She got yeah, one leg. One and a half. Right. Yeah. So. All right. There you go. Yeah. Figure that thing on out. The upside. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Positive. Positive. Look at that, Monica. You got leg and a half. <laughs> I'm sure she knows that. <laughs> you don't have to tell her. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Nikki, what do you got? Uh, just let me know if you need any more interpretation. Yes, I will. All right, Nelson? I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other and march on into my day. There you go. All right. Bad jokes. Uh, at Listen to the BS on social media. Give us a listen. Give us a follow. Give us a share. If you would like to revisit the Zoltan Bathory conversation, the guitarist for Five Finger Death Punch and a playable character in Call of Duty, which is out today, uh, you can get that always on our podcast, uh, Odyssey app, or thebaileyshow.com in the video version at The Bailey Show on YouTube. Look, have yourself a great, safe rest of your day. Talk to you tomorrow at 6. That's enough nonsense for today. This has been The Bailey Show. One big award.